hour and a half, which will be streamed. And uh, there will be another activity at 1.30, which will not be streamed, at, uh, the seniors program. And so we invite you to join us here for the youth program now. And as I uh, understand it, I believe Cecily Nipper is going to be handling that. So, Cecily, are you ready? I am, Phil. Thank you so much. Okay. Welcome, everyone. My name is Cecily Nipper, and I had the privilege of co-chairing this convention along with Steve. And I am also chair of the Youth Outreach Committee for the Georgia Council of the Blind. And this committee, which consists of several members, has spent a good long time working on this panel and preparing it and getting it ready for you all. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm excited also about the podcast, since this is a panel on transition services for students. We all know how busy teachers, parents, and students can be. So I expect many of them will take advantage of that podcast. But before we get started, our door prize lady has left me with two door prizes for this session. So we're going to do one now and one at the end. The first door prize will be a $25 Amazon gift card. And I am going to draw a name here. Lisa Jones. Lisa Jones has won that gift card. Congratulations, Lisa. All right. The goal for this session is to give students and parents, especially of high school students, what they need to know for a successful transition to whatever is coming next. What should be in an IEP transition plan and what services vocational rehab can offer during high school. We're going to have several speakers today. Jeff Allen, who is the transitions coordinator for VR in Georgia, as well as Shirley Robinson, who's going to tell us all about her new role with vocational rehab. We have Stephanie Woods with the Client Assistance Program, who has been so much help to our parents and students troubleshooting issues that come up along the way with the transition process to college or career. Last but certainly not least, we will have Mary and Tommy Woodyard as our parent and student representative. They have been members of GCB for a long time and have worked hard in advocacy. And I am looking forward especially to hearing from them. We had discussed having Jeff speak first for transition services, but he has not been able to join us. So I am going to call on Stephanie Woods, if you are willing to come to the microphone and speak about the client assistance program and the work that you all do there. Thank you, Cecily. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the Georgia Client Assistance Program, we assist persons with disabilities who are seeking and or receiving vocational rehabilitation services. And we do that a couple of different ways. Um, we work to advise clients and consumers of what their rights are, um, help them solve any communication problems that they may be having with the agency, teaching consumers how to make requests, referring them to other agencies where helpful for additional services, negotiating or mediating disputes with vocational rehab, <clears throat> advocating for consumers, helping them present their request to vocational rehab, and when appropriate, obtaining legal representation. So our assistance um, includes other programs under GVRA's umbrella, like Warm Springs and Cave Springs. 
Uh, there are no age limits or residency requirements to receive CAP services. So we assist students who are having issues receiving pre-employment transition services with vocational rehab or transition services that they may need in order to exit the high school environment and into post-secondary or into a career. So there is another um, advocacy program in the state called the Georgia Advocacy Office. And I wanted to touch a little bit about how we work with them and how they differ from us. So they are the state's protection and advocacy agency in Georgia. And they have several different programs. Um, and so I'm going to tell you a couple different ones. So they have protection and advocacy for individuals with developmental disabilities, for individuals with mental illness, for individual rights, for assistive technology rights, for beneficiaries of social security, for individuals with traumatic brain injury, and for voting access. So they have a lot of different umbrellas that they serve and provide advocacy services on that we don't necessarily do. So they, one thing that they do is they work with the Georgia Department of Education, and they have created a series of trainings to teach parents how to advocate for their child within the school systems. And it's called the Parent Leadership Support Project. And they also work with Georgia Department of Ed to resolve any issues involving students with disabilities K through 12. And so while either CAP or the Georgia Advocacy Office can provide advocacy for transition age students, um, when it comes to the Georgia Vocational Rehab Agency, specific issues might dictate which of us can assist you or your child best, depending on the situation. For example, if there's a student who's in need of a brailler and they have a case open with VR, um, but they're not, they haven't received that service from Department of Ed, VR will let them know that that's not a service that they can provide while they're in school, that that's something Department of Ed can do. But if they're having trouble getting Department of Ed to do that, then that's where the Georgia Advocacy Office will come in to assist them with that request and what needs to be done in order to help them get that information. And so even if you have someone who's not sure if it's CAP who can assist or GAO who can assist. We work closely together. So you can absolutely contact us. And if we're not the appropriate one, we'll refer you over. And if we are, we'll do the best that we can. And so I just wanted to let you know that you can call CAP. Our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Um, and you can call us at our 800 number. So it's 800-822-9727. And also provide everyone with Georgia Advocacy Office's number as well, which is 800-537-2329. Thank you so much. That was very good. I had no idea that there were several uh, different organizations that work together on that. And that's something that I learned brand new today. Thank you for sharing that with us. I just got a text from Jeff, and he is sick. Bless his heart. Well, I don't know if there's a, a way that maybe between those of us who are there, we can cover what he was going to talk about, which was the services that, in fact, can be provided during high school, such as job exploration, counseling, <clears throat> work-based learning experience, things like that. Is that something that you can speak to, or would you think better refer that to one of our other panelists? 
I'm going to refer that to Shirley. And then if I need to expound on anything, I will. All right. Shirley, if you would come to the microphone, we will turn it over to you to talk a little bit about those services and um, take some time to share with us your new role. And we will just talk through it together and see what we can cover here today. Sounds good. Am I coming in okay? You are. Great. Um, so I, I'm, my name is Shirley Robinson, and I'm the coordinator for blind services for VR. So I, I'm going to start there as far as kind of describing, because I, I do know many folks from GCB, and I'm, I'm well, Stephanie and I have worked well together, and Mary and I have um, I've helped her with some of the stuff with Tommy. So I'm familiar with some of the pre stuff, but I'm going to go ahead and start with what my new role is as coordinator versus before I was the assistant director for blind services. And what I like about my new role is I actually will be reporting directly to Paige um, Kaysen, who is our new VR director. And in the past, you know, my role was mostly doing consulting and training. And now as a coordinator, I will be in line with the new district managers, and there will be um, eight of them. There's currently seven. Um, We have posted the position for the Albany, so that one has not yet been filled. So the district managers obviously will be covering these seven different um, geographic areas around Georgia. But as coordinator and being in line with them, I will actually now have some say in the services that are being provided. So before, you know, just doing the consulting and training, it was all fine and good and I could educate people on it, but I didn't really have um, any authority. So now I can actually get in there and argue for as to why the individual needs those services. And, you know, because I am the subject matter expert in the area of blindness and low vision for the state and VR, then my say has more weight. So I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity. And I'll be working much more closely with those counselors who serve individuals who are blind and low vision. And I'll have a say in their performance evaluation and making sure that they're progressing, making these these cases move forward and actually, you know, doing what they need to do as, as well as providing that training and consultation with them. So I am super excited in the fact that Jeff Allen is our new transition coordinator or assistant director, because he just brings in some fresh ideas. Um, We've worked together in the past. So um, I'm, We've already had some discussions about pre-eds and how that's going to look for blind services because I was unclear before whether we were going to only provide these services internally or if we were going to be working with providers. And Jeff assured me that we will be working with providers. So some of the pre-ed services that were mentioned before as far as the career counseling, the internship opportunities, um, ju- ex- career exploration, those are definitely some key areas. But to me, the, the most important ones are work readiness for blind students, because that's where we're going to be able to get in there and start earlier with students in providing O&M 
and VRT and technology access training. We can't duplicate what the school's doing, but we can definitely provide these services with our providers who provide those services outside of those school time um, trainings that they're getting uh, provided with that extended core curriculum. So the other piece is I'm also working with the Georgia Vision Educator Statewide Group which is made up of all the TVIs across the state, because I feel like that's a piece that we've been missing because you got to have, and I've sent this to Jeff too, because um, I was reading through one of the guides that they had and it, it didn't list teacher for the visually impaired and they need to be listed as a referral source obviously for our students um, because many times that's who's working directly with them. So if we can get these teachers on board and get the teachers familiar with who the counselors are, then I think we can actually make the process run more smoothly than it has been. Or, you know, there are even situations where the TBIs have no idea who the counselor for the blind is because we have maybe a transition counselor in that school who themselves they're not familiar with blind services. So I want to get those TBIs connected directly with the, the counselors for the blind and see how Jeff wants to approach working with the um, their pre-employment counselors who are going to be in the school systems. I want to know how we're going to, what system we're going to set up so that we make sure that these students are either being referred directly to the counselor for the blind or through that pre-employment counselor first, and then to the counselor for the blind. So we, we have to develop these processes and see how we're going to make it work. But um, I'm, I'm extremely hopeful. And I'm really happy that Jeff made it clear that we will definitely be able to work with our providers like a CVI or a VRS, you know, to help provide those additional pre-employment transition services that are desperately needed because you know, Jeff has said his goal is to have high school students get the training that they need so that once they they graduate, we don't have to have them come back later, you know, down the road. We need to get them prepared then so they're ready to either go on to college or to move into an employment situation. So those are some of the things I'm working on as well as um, I'm as a um, well, I sit on the board for the National Council Agencies for the Blind, and I just recently presented to them the idea of creating a database of uh, not only just businesses who have hired individuals who are blind or low vision. I want to be able to see, you know, where are these national corporations? Are they statewide? Are they regional? Um, Have they hired a person who's totally blind? Did they provide JAWS scripting? Um, is the person able to do the work remotely? So I want to create this database so that when you have these companies, let's say, well, obviously in Georgia, but they're in other states as well, we have somebody that we can reach out to to see how can we get our individuals here in Georgia hired with that company as well. So I'm in saying this, from that, I want to develop a local database for Georgia where we list consumers who are who have been employed and have them um, obviously with their consent to to be on this list similar to like career connect so that we can actually start to develop like just this natural mentoring opportunity 
for our consumers who are seeking employment. And what I'd also like to see come out from that is to have opportunities where we can develop some of these internship opportunities as well for some of our students. And it sounds like Jeff just joined. But um, I'm not sure if he did or not, but it sounded like he just came on the Zoom. Um, so that's an, another piece that I'm working on. Um, I was uh, with this GVIS, I was hearing how North Carolina was doing some things and, and that just, it, it, you know, they're, they're working with their high school students and developing those internship and summer employment opportunities. And I'd love for to see Georgia get, you know, to that point where we're doing the same thing. And then the fact that we have the, our providers here in Georgia too, that we can utilize, I think, between CVI, VRS, Savannah, as well as even the, the BP vendors where we have those um, locations where students can go and be exposed to different work experiences. So they, those are some of the things I'm working on. Then I'm also having discussions with the directors of those programs, CVI, VRS, and Savannah, about incorporating job readiness curriculums for our students where we start to look at how, you know, what are your transferable skills, um, looking at what, what it looks like to network, um, how does one create a, a resume, things like that, and, and developing those social skills. So um, I just had a meeting with Lisa Kennedy, the director of CVI, and she was very excited about this. So I want to do it for both the transition students as well as the adults and really be able to put employment in the forefront and having that be part of all of the training so that it is the primary focus because with VR, of course, that is what our, our goal is, is to get people employed. Absolutely. So, yeah. To piggyback off of the last thing you just said, would peer mentoring be a part of preparing for post-secondary or employment? Yes. So that's the, that was the thing I was mentioning as far as that local database, that's something I want to create. And I, I want to get with, with, with Alice and with Dorothy and reach out to the consumer groups as well as working with our employment specialists and our counselors to, so we can start creating our in-state database of individuals who are blind or low vision and who are working. Because I think from there we can start to develop that, that mentoring ship opportunity. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Jeff, are you with us? Are you able to speak to us? I, I know uh, we received a text. You may not be doing well. Yeah, I, I'm here. I'm not going to come on camera and I may have to run just to be brutally honest. I'm not to share too much, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. So I have joined. Um, so am I up? Is it my turn? Yes, it can be your turn now that you're with us. Sure. Okay. And so do you want me to just kind of speak a little bit about, um, you know, kind of the transition services within GVRA and, yes, and kind of some of the things that we're Yes, and if some of it is duplicated from what was already said, that's fine because you'll say it a little differently. So that's good. Gotcha. Okay, so um, sorry, everybody, again, my tremendous apologies. I ate something, and it is just um, giving me some fits, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging because um, I am actually was excited to speak to this group because Shirley and I have worked together in the past when I was a transition coordinator a few years ago, and I'm glad we're going to have the opportunity to work together again. Um, but 
to kind of give you an update, so um, I am, as of August, the new Assistant Director of Transition Services. Um, GVRA is kind of right dead in the middle of a reorganization to try to restructure our field services and the way that we deliver uh, services to staff, getting um, eliminating some layers and some levels of management um, and, and trying to streamline our processes so that um, better outcomes for our clients and, and really putting the focus back on them, um, which has been, which I think is huge from a transition aspect. Um, naturally my biggest focus, um, under the WIOA regulations is going to be what we call pre-employment transition services. <clears throat> and so they're really, uh, I like to use kind of a, 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 an example of like an appetizer. So there's five required areas that we are supposed to deliver those services. in. Um, those are uh, self-advocacy, they are counseling on post-secondary opportunities. It is workplace readiness. It is work-based learning settings. And why am I drawing a blank on the other one? Um, oh, my goodness, that's what I get for being sick and trying to remember stuff. But the, 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 I'm sorry, do what? Job exploration. Yes, thank you. There, see, there's my buddy, my, my cat buddy over there, <laughs> Stephanie, who, I'm, who I miss tremendously from my former role as the policy advisor. Um, but so the, it's to really start working with students as young as ninth grade and getting them uh, little pieces of what the work life is like. And then as we get closer to that transition, that, that, that senior year, that, that transitioning out of into whatever the post-secondary setting may be, whether it be traditional post-secondary education, inclusive post-secondary education, or we're going just directly into work uh, or, or something along those lines. Then we start going into the more traditional VR services where we're actually moving them into a work plan <clears throat> and we're planning out um, more intensive services. So Prietz is a, we, we call it sometimes a sprinkling. RSA actually used that recently in a conversation I had with them. They call it a sprinkling and it's, and it's kind of what I call the, the bait to get them interested in what VR can do. And then as they get closer to the transition age and the transition period, then we actually move into the more intensive one-on-one -on -one services that are individualized and more for that on what that individual needs to make their transition successful. Uh, what else am I missing? Um, we're in the process again of the reorg. I am very fortunate that I'm going to have five new staff members underneath me. Um, uh, well, actually six. Uh, so I'm going to have two transition coordinators. One's primary focus is only going to be on the pre-employment transition services. And then the other one's focus is going to be a more broad statewide transition services. And that'll also be the person that'll be working fairly collaboratively with, with Shirley and our other um, statewide coordinators around the, the particular populations that we're all that where they cross over, et cetera. And then I'm going to have four boots on the ground, um, what we call transition specialists. Each one of those will be divided between two of our new districts. And they're going to be the ones that are liaisoning between our local offices and our local education agencies, specifically around the, the delivery and coordination of pre-employment transition services. And so I'm pretty excited about that as well, because we haven't had dedicated staff that are that are looking at that pre-ETS specifically. It's kind of been a pocket of this and a pocket of that. So there's some good things that are falling into place as far as that goes. Um, I know when I came on, Shirley was talking a little bit about, you know, some transition to post-secondary and things like that and some of the work she's doing with CVI. And naturally, we're going to support our, our students and her work with that as well. <coughs> and so 
Uh, I'm still really trying to get my feet 100% underneath me because um, I got hired in right in the middle of the reorg as well as an RSA monitoring visit. So I'm, I've kind of been pulled five or six different directions. Um, but I, um, uh, I, I have some goals and some things I'm trying to work on. And, and naturally, our sensory populations are high on my priority list because I know we haven't done the best job in the, in the past of, of connecting them with the proper services. And I want to make sure that we excel at that moving forward. Um, so that's been one of the things I've been really trying to work on. And um, I'm surely you could probably attest me and you have a really good collaborative relationship mm-hmm. and we want to continue to grow that uh, and, and make sure that we're, we're getting them. And um, you know, not just for all populations, not just our centuries, but for, for all of our students across the state, I, it's kind of grandiose idea. And I actually said it to our executive my goal is at some point GVRA will touch every student with a disability before they graduate and have them set on a career path in hopes that one day we would only see adults that either move to our state or experience some kind of catastrophic uh, change in their life. And yes, I realize it's super lofty, but that's just my thinking because transition is my passion. So. You mentioned Randolph Shepard briefly. Would Um, one of our panelists like to talk about the vending program? I can talk about it. Um, Okay. This is Shirley. So we, well, (laughs) as I mentioned before, I think having BEP, and we've done this in the past, where we could use BEP, the, the vending stands, as potential internship opportunities for our students, like summer jobs, so they can get an idea of the Randolph, you know, what, what's being done um, at those different locations. Cause I don't know if you guys are familiar with BEP or not, cause there's a variety of different work settings that our, our vending stand operators are located at. Some of them have um, where it's more like a gift store. Others have coffee shops. Some have newsstands. Um, we have some that have micro marts where the people in the building can actually just go in. They make sure that everything's set up properly and they take care of the inventory, but um, you can go in. It's more like a self-service mart. Um, we also have uh, vending stand operators who who manage the, um, what are they called? The uh, rest stops. And they're responsible for making sure that all those vending machines at those locations are filled. Um, and then we have others who actually manage entire military base cafeterias. So it can really vary um, as far as the, the type of setting. So it's, I think it's a great opportunity for high school students to see that, you know, this is a potential opportunity in the future. Um, it is running your own business. So I, it, it, my opinion, <laughs> I, I really think that it's more on the level of a college grad. Um, but, you, you know, obviously there can definitely be those entrepreneurs that are young and go-getters and are well-organized and detail-oriented, but you are managing a business. So you have to have the know-how and, you know, have that experience to be able to work with the public, you know, make sure everything in your business is, is running smoothly. You have to have the, the skills to keep up with that inventory and, you know, they're, they're, and keep, you know, have, make sure that your accounting is being taken care of, those types of things. So um, with BP, Charlie, you do, uh-huh. can I ask a question? Sure. 
The, um, if I was a high school student now and I wanted to find out more about that, is there um, a training program? Like I remember I went well, to, to check on it when Tommy was in middle school and we toured with, I think Charlie was the BEP manager and there yes. was like a six month program that, so if I was a graduating high school senior, instead of going into college, I would go through my VR counselor. You and, have to go through VR. Right. And mm-hmm. then after doing my career assessment and being approved for this career path, mm-hmm. I would enter a program for that, like a training program. Is that well, still the way that works? Not, it doesn't. It, it, there are steps that happen before then. Right, so right. so you, we'll, we would conduct a vocational evaluation, just like you said, to make sure that this is the appropriate career path. But we also have to make sh- sure because, like I mentioned, you run in your own business. So you've got to have those foundational skills solid. You, got, you need to be able to you know, travel to and from your work location. And when you're going through training, you actually have to um, go through training in those different types of settings that I mentioned a minute ago. So your O&M skills need to be intact. You have to have your technology skills because, again, keeping up with inventory, with accounting, um, you're, you know, you're managing a good bit of money. So your technology skills need to be right on, right on target. And then of course, because you have to also, as part of it, have to complete your serve safe certification. You need to have those, those daily living skills um, just be really strong in that area because you're going to have to actually demonstrate how you would be able to safely prepare foods. And there's a lot of rules that, you know, that that go into play with that so that's we would make sure if it is the right career path that that individual is before they enter into that BEP program they got to have that training to make sure that they have those skills you know and they're ready to go so once that takes place we complete the application process typically the training class takes place once a year around March um, but before that, we have to make sure the individual does not have any type of criminal background, especially if it's a, it has been an, a federal offense. Um, and then they have to uh, have to have a certain grade equivalency level around tw- 12th grade reading, math, that type of thing. Um, but because- the step for the high school student would be when he was in his transition planning, when he met with his counselor to talk about career paths. To explore all those different pieces. Is that correct? It is. But again, I really think it'd be rare to have a high school student ready to run a business as soon as they graduate high school. I I think that um, it's really getting more into the parent part, and I can (laughs) save it for that. But like Uh I know some of those things that you mentioned, for instance, being serve safe. It It is. (laughs) Yeah. We, in my, my culinary program in high school, had us all become certified because they went to national culinary competitions. Mm -hmm. So that can all be coordinated into the goals in the IEP. So as I was getting to is those are the things that you would be looking for to talk to your case manager about in your, what is it? Pre ETS time about what different options might be out there and what steps you could take while you were in high school to prepare. Yeah. And again, with those internship opportunities, if we can Mm kind of partner with BEP for some of those for our blind and low vision students, and of course you have to be legally blind to be a vendor. um, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be great for those students who have expressed that interest 
if we can set those up as internships, that gives a great opportunity for that student to really see, is this something I'd like or not? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I would also encourage them, encourage the students to see if their school has a DECA chapter as well. What is that? Should be. It's um, decadent is yeah. a marketing competition. Again, I'm kind of, I think we're intermixing. Well, them, yeah. we can go. It's one of no, but. It's time oh, for your segment to begin. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that can, was can I, I make one quick, quick, oh, quick comment yeah. before, um, before I end? So I just, and this is off top, that topic. This has to deal with our students who are, um, have other, um, uh, either developmental, intellectual, or mental health disabilities, other disabilities where besides the bonus, um, for those students where they're going to need that extra support, that supportive employment, that job, you know, just uh, they need additional supports to help them succeed. So for typically for those cases that they go into a supportive employment case. So we've got to make sure at an early age, while they're in high school, that they, that if the parents can please be reaching out to DBHDD mm-hmm. to get these Medicaid waivers, because we do have providers for supportive employment, but some of them will not take consumers if they don't have that Medicaid waiver, because that's what's going to fund them down the road for that long-term support. So, and because that waiting list is so long, and I don't, you know, I don't know how maybe with us working with the TVIs, but really getting that that information out to the parents of please start applying for this so that your kid can get this waiver. That's great advice for parents. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mary? Um, hello. Um, this morning we were giving thought to what we were going to do, and I kind of did an exercise and I pulled all of Tommy's high school IEPs that I could find. Yeah, and there's numerous ones to go off of. So. <laughs> and we so looked at his transition goals, yeah. and um, I was kind of fascinated with it. I was comparing that when I first learned that um, Mr. Allen was taking over the transition services. Uh, I think Stephanie with CAPS um, gave me a link that gave me, like, optimal transition goals for high school students because kind of what our job here is to say when you're in high school and you don't know what to ask what are you going to ask and I looked at Tommy's goals what I learned are there are some hurdles for funded there are a few areas he's missing but he actually did okay there are different categories for each goal and I was cross-referencing those back to um the actual five things, five pre-ETS things, and I kind of came up with some overview things. Um, The first one, the job exploration counseling, because what we really want to focus on are the five pre-ETS areas that anybody who has a 504 or IEP already qualified for. Mm -hmm. There are so many other VR programs we can talk about, but you have to qualify through different ways. You have to meet these different things. These are five skills that just by the fact that you're in high school and you have an IEP or a 504, you're eligible for. So the job exploration and counseling, I looked at your goals every year. And um, we kind of figured that the Georgia 411 career exploration that every school makes you do in Georgia 
um, kind of satisfies that because you have to do all the skills surveys and the analysis. Now, later, VR will have you do their own when you right. leave this pre-ETS area and go more into a formal IPE area. But just in these areas, when you're sitting in high school and you're As writing baseline, your goals, right, yeah. you know, pretty much everybody in high school today probably did that thing. Yeah, it's mandated to do GA College 411. And if you're a homeschooler, you probably need to be doing it too because that's how you access the Hope Scholarship Mm -hmm. and all the other, um, and a lot of your college applications. So job exploration counseling, um, not through VR, but just on your high school IEP. Mm. Um, That's probably how you're going to do that. And then when you're meeting with your VR counselor, some of the things Shirley was telling us about, some of those programs and partnerships and databases that she's working to set up will be amazing. They really will. Um, the work-based learning experiences, that's kind of where I was going with the culinary. Like if I mm. knew that I needed a serve safe, if I didn't, um, because the understanding I have of the blind enterprise program and the um, vending programs and the snack bars are some people run the vending machines, but some people actually manage restaurant operations or do snack bars. And so if you need a save, I never say it right. What is it? Sure. Serve safe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like you had to get it in high school. So that could easily be written in as one yeah, of your we transition. We were forbidden activities. from even going into the kitchen if we didn't have it. So it was basically mandated. In culinary 101. Yeah. That was every culinary student gets that. So what Tommy mentioned earlier was the um, DECA. Yeah, DECA, yeah. Now, now I'm like, I'm not so sure if that's very applicable. No, I think it is yeah. because both DECA and SBA, Future Business Leaders, Leaders of America, yeah. are um, big business organizations in the high schools. Where they, where they have all the students work out a, a, a business proposal and they have to affect... Or marketing plan. Or mar- and they have to write out all the costs that it would take to, to, I guess, bring that to fruition. And it's a competition where every high school in the country competes against each other. You did a big profile on, do you remember? Chupa Chups? No, Circle A Lettuce. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I went to, because I uh, I decided to do them because on my swim team, one of my one of my fellow coaches, his mom's, is the owner of Circle A Lettuce. And so he was able to, um, and Circle A Lettuce is a local Hydroponic. Company. Lettuce company, but they're local and coming, and so he could document the hydroponic process and put together a marketing program for her. Yeah, and the skills that I learned um, while doing that greatly assisted with my with my public policy minor that I got at at UGA. Um, I graduated with an international affairs major and a public policy and management minor with a global studies certificate, and even now I'm seeing like how like bringing the cost down to a certain point might or might not be a smart policy decision. So there's overlap between what I learned in high school and what I learned in college. So DEC is like another marketing organization, Future Business Leaders of America. Same thing. They just do more finance and business organizations. You have TSA, which is the Technology Student Association. And there's robotics competitions if people want to be an engineer. I mean, definitely hooking in the high school activities that develop career goals and give you practical skills. So um, that's one another way to get the work-based learning experience. Um, another way, like I know in your high school, we had a school store. Oh, yeah. And for some of our non-academic students, mm-hmm. we um, had them help us stocking the stores and counting the, the money. Project life. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
but it still gave skills to people. And usually um, I know that a lot of the VR people and the high school people work together. Like we have a program here called Project Life, yeah. which will teach life skills to people that may not be going to a technical school or a um, college or a, yeah. right. But they're going to develop some type of marketable skill that hopefully they can use be a, you know, working in a restaurant to prep um, service items or stock grocery shelves. I mean, there are a lot of skills that people can use and you can actually write those in too, so that you're working on a program to develop those skills. Um, another, um, Another thing I had written was to um, explore any GVRA-specific employment relationships, which Shirley said she is working hard to develop right now. So for that skill, those were the ones that we thought were the most helpful. Now, where I could just go to town is on counseling on opportunities for enrollment in comprehensive transition or post-secondary educational programs at institutions of higher education. And, um, you know, the first thing I wrote was to meet with your case manager and establish just what eligibility requirements would be and what those programs might be. And um, the next thing is to really understand what your case manager said, because VR uses a lot of terms that make sense in the VR world, but don't make sense so much in a high school student world. Even after getting my public policy minor, like I understand what's what they're saying, but the way that they sometimes communicate it, they might use a word that has a conventional definition, but then how they interpret that word is very dependent upon what department they're in. And so really the primary vehicle that we use as consumers of GDRA is the client services manual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the client services manual it's not written in a very user-friendly way. It's not like it's ideally supposed to be for the clients, but it's really for the counselors. So it's sort of like a reference manual for them, but it's not very accessible to anyone outside of their department. Well, it's just your job. And I think the fifth goal was um, instruction on self-advocacy. You have to start out self-advocating right away and saying, hey, I don't know what a complimentary benefit is. What does that right, mean? right. And then even some of the terms, like as you talk about college education or technical school, some of the terms that um, VR may use were with financial support. If you qualify in certain ways and there are other parameters involved in your, your education goal is approved and on your individualized plan of an employment, which is probably going to confuse anybody with an IEP because now you have an IP mm. and it just takes a minute for that to sink in your head. Um, but you need to understand what maintenance is and how that can either help you or not help you. And so in the self-advocacy role, you need to be asking your counselor lots of questions or case manager and saying, okay, this looks like a great thing. I think this is what I want to do. What are the steps that I have to do to get there? And once I, you know, fill out my eligibility requirements and have my career approved, Um, what other things are you going to need from me? So just basically communicating with your case managers who are are pretty busy. So you want to have a list when you go talk to them. So you don't forget what your questions are. And um, just mutually beneficial for for both parties. Mm. (laughs) So basically just talking with that case manager, understanding what career options may or may not be available to you. And then looking around your environment in your high school and saying, are there any things I could do in this high school? 
that could actually help me on my IEP. Because honestly, most high school juniors and seniors have so many other things they're doing that they don't really want anything else to do. But if you can tie your tasks together so they meet a common goal, it's going to help you a lot. One thing we identified on the youth committee that I'm on is that it's difficult for some legally blind students who have become dependent on their technology in high school to graduate from high school and have like a um, waiting period while they try to figure out if there's a way for GVRA to help them get technology, to help them in whichever career they're going to. So whatever steps that you can take to shorten that lag between when you have to give your equipment back to your school and when you can have it ready to go on to your next step, be it college, be it technical school, be it beauty school, being um, an auto mechanic. I mean, whatever career goal that you have decided that you're going to do, um, it's mutually beneficial for both VR and you to understand how you do that. Do you have anything else? No. You don't know? No, I don't. <laughs> That was a great start. Oh, that's good. We'll probably come back to wait, you. Wait, wait. I did have one more note here, and that is. She's very comprehensive. I well, I made notes. Um, number four was workplace readiness training. When you were in high school, yeah. I had heard of the blind vendor program because we visited it, but I had never no, heard no, of no. Warm Springs. And even this morning, I looked online at um, Warm Springs just to see what their website said, and they say they have a. One day program, which assists junior and high school in identifying their unique areas of strength, interests, and the unique contributions that the junior will bring to the workplace. And so it really doesn't differentiate itself from what GA College. Well, it does because yeah. it's it's being delivered at that facility. And also there was a 10-day work evaluation program for high school seniors. Um, again, we never heard about that mm-hmm. when we were. So make sure that as you're in high school and you're talking to your case managers, that you try to understand all the different resources that could be. I think what Shirley was saying, talking to the TVIs is critical. Mm-hmm. I actually think talking to the guidance counselors can be helpful too. I think you got more career advice from your guidance from counselor. Vargas and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I know my school district, which was, um, well, it's really your it's, school it district. It was Forsyth but, County. Yeah. But it was Forsyth County. We had a transition director at the county level, and um, she channeled a lot of the information. So whether it went through the counselors or the TBIs, um, I think finding those transition managers in the school districts could be helpful too. That's Those are my main things. That was great. That was really great. I think we can learn a lot from parents and students since they're the ones walking this road. Yes. Mm -hmm. And self-advocacy is such a big piece of this, being prepared for those meetings and being able to go out there and just say, well, all right, I think we need to get CAPS involved. I think we need to get Georgia Advocacy involved. Do something to further the goals that you have. And I don't know if this is appropriate to say by me because I did not become visually impaired until I was already out of college. So I've not walked the road, but no one tells me what career I do, what career I decide to do. If I can achieve the 
skulls that are needed in order to do that job. If I have the technology, if I have the, then I can do that job. No one can tell me I can't. And I think that should be true for our kids. If it's a job that fits them, that the mm-hmm. ability is there to get the skills, to get the training, I think go for it. I think it's, it's a necessity. We're going to take some questions And if any of our panelists would like to address each other, that's also fine. Um, If you want to raise your hand, make us aware of you. I think, Lynn, are you still our host? Yes. (laughs) Lynn's doing double duty today. Do we have any questions from our audience? Okay, I'm checking. Cecily, while we're waiting on that, I'll tell you, I laughed at one of the goals that I read this morning because... We both did. Because when Tommy was in ninth and 10th grade, you wanted to be a... Oh, I wanted to do film and or television production. Which you still actually like. Yeah. And we volunteer. still very much into trans, like how, uh, like, even though you can capture an image in one shot, if you rearrange that shot, so it's like from a high view or a low angle, it totally changes the dimension of how you interpret it. I still very much enjoy it. But when we looked at the goals, she wanted him to research the the work environment, and she had five specific things. But yeah. then the number two under that was to analyze whether um, that career uh, was relevant or realistic based on his disability and his strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> well, <laughs> she must not have agreed with that goal. So uh, it just cracked me up because obviously we did not let it deter us at all. Well, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I don't see any hands. All right, well, we'll just continue the conversation. And if anyone has any questions, feel free to let our hosts know and we will take those questions. I um, I could actually transition it if you want, because we've been trying sure. to stay focused in our part on the activities that anybody who's in high school could receive just based on the fact that they have their IEP. Yep, so or, and I know it gets more complicated from talking to Stephanie because yeah. <laughs> like, there are other services that you may be qualified for in high school also. And I think Shirley, you touched on them mm-hmm. when you were talking about orientation and mobility and orientation and mobility has always fascinated me because we talked like a year ago and you told me that his school County won't do orientation outside of the school mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, I'm Whereas right. when he was in it, how many times did you ride Marta? Holy moly. Um, so I did it about 40-ish. About 40 times. So, um, I mean, I, I am a big proponent on doing O&M and building those other skills. Yeah. Um, it's but I do believe, and I'm not confident in this, so I'm asking if you were going to jump to getting orientation and mobility, you would have to jump a little bit in your qualification level. Like you're not just qualified anymore because you have an IEP, right? Would you have to qualify then for services or what would logistically for a high school student have to happen? For O&M services? Uh-huh. So we've, we have. If VR was providing it instead of the school district. Well, n- n- we won't take away, we, you know, like I said, you can't duplicate what the school's doing. So, okay. for example, we would not have an O&M person. Uh, so, as I mentioned, like in, in Forsyth County, in talking to those teachers, they were telling me we can't take the students off campus anymore. So, the, o- the O&M training they are providing students is, ex- in my opinion, just so limited 
you're basically training somebody how to get around their own house. And that's the only thing you're training them on because that's where they're at Monday through Friday. But that doesn't teach them how to cross an intersection. No, um, and then, he, did, and then, he did everything from going to Walmart. Yeah, and and so, right. That, yeah, and then right. Like for, for a real quick anecdotal example of how important it is. So like at UGA, even though there are some uh, crosswalks that have audibleized, mm-hmm. I guess, crossings. But you got to um, be, you have to be a proficient traveler. You, you do. can't depend on that. You do, you do. Yeah. And, and because yeah. of, and because of how extensively I was able to receive O&M, I was able to navigate it even when other people they like we're perfectly sighted, but they were all confuzzled because of because the light was out. And I'm like, right. traffic yeah. goes like one way. Like, as, a matter of fact, as a law school student, yeah. one of the examples this professor used. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Were, we were. I was listening to it with him when we both started laughing. Um, and I think he was talking about physical disabilities with was it negligence or torts? I don't remember. Which it was. One. It was more or less. Negli- reasonable I think care. it was. So, yeah. it was yeah. so it's using reasonable care, but he was saying that a blind person would use less care. And we were both like, I think a blind right. person would use more care. Exactly. <laughs> They'd have to use all the senses. But his point was that you would adapt Change the, level the standard of care, of care so in relation. It still to, worked. Yeah. We were just laughing because we yeah. thought that a blind person. No. So, but because so that's well now unfortunately. In Forsyth, they're not providing, Tommy was fortunate to get that level of O&M training. And like I said, this just came to me from one of the O&M instructors. That's what they were telling me is they no longer do that. They're not allowed. Yeah. But say Tommy's now in high school and he is, thank God, going to graduate in May. (laughs) And it's April 30th. So we're getting ready. Right. right, And then he's going to go to UGA. So he's already accepted and he knows he's going to UGA. Got all the fireworks and all the things. But I need mobility training because UGA right. does and, not do mobility training. Right. right. And you, you should have to prepare you for that. Like what Jeff also mentioned was like when you're getting ready for that true transition, you're, you're, you're there, you're in that junior, that senior year. And we know for BVI students, you've got to get in there and get these skills going because even as an adult, just going to the training, it's going to take you anywhere to, from six to nine months to get de- a decent O&M or VRT or TAT training. So, so we can get in there because so the, we would do it under either do it under pre-employment transition services or have them come on as a regular VR client where we can get in there and do that O&M training and get him those other skills. We can't do it on campus. And yeah. like was mentioned before, we can't, provide the technology he needs in school but if we're needing to do outside travel training that would fall under what vr could do or, or jeff yeah. go ahead as i said let me let me just interject to see if i can because shirley's on the right point but i want to i'm going to try to simplify it if i can so what you're asking there mary is we know that under pre-ETs, when there are what we call a, um, a potentially eligible individual like you said meaning that they are in a a secondary um, school setting and they are either on an IEP of 504, et cetera, those, they can receive those five required areas. When we start getting into the more individualized services, such as O&M, TAT, things like that, that is when, once that's been identified that that need is there, that's when we would actually transition them over into an actual VR case and they would become an applicant for services. You are correct. They would have to meet eligibility criteria. Um, and then they would go through that, the full VR process. So there's the difference. And I think that was the question you were asking, correct? Yes. It's like logistically, because 
hopefully we have parents watching or listening to the podcast. And, you know, a lot of them, I I have several friends who have children that are um, seniors. I mean, they're going to be going to school within a year somewhere and they need to be establishing services. And again, one of our goals, like our GCB committee goals is to shorten that gap from when kids have to give back their technology to the primary school and how they're either going to receive it. Because the thing that even complicates it more for students, high school students, is some colleges will provide technology like UGA, UGA does. UGA does, yeah. But, but if you were going to SCAD, your SCAD you know, yeah. or um, Georgia, Georgia State, State, I Georgia think Georgia State does. does not. Well, they, okay. they have some, though, because we saw some brailers there, and they'll give some. I mean, it just really kind of depends on the college, too, de- depending on their time frame. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of them do not. And so you know that someone using a braille note is going to be crippled, you know, during that gap when they mm-hmm. don't have access to equipment. So the the more communication we can get with the TVIs and with the high school coordinators and case managers on how to shorten that gap, the more successful blind students will be and the less time they'll spend in VR and the more time they'll spend employed. Yeah. And working with our students takes a team. I mean, we've got to get everybody connected. Right. That's why I was thinking the county transition Mm -hmm. directors could help. Because they come to the team. Excuse me, ladies, two things. Alice, I'll get to you in 10 seconds. I just want to tell people how to uh, raise their hand and how to unmute. Uh, You are on a computer. It is Alt-A to unmute. If you are on a landline, it is star six to unmute and then to to mute. Uh, Since you're on webinar, uh, you will see um, a... A dialogue on the middle of your screen when you raise your hand, it will ask you to uh, ask you to unmute. So basically, to raise your hand, it is Alt Y. To um, raise it on a Mac, it's Option Y. To raise it on a landline, it is Star Nine. All right, Alice, it's all yours. Thank you. I guess I just want to question again um, and and make sure I'm hearing right. And, and I understand the whole bit about you can't do VR services till they're ready to transfer, trans, or I can't speak to it, transition out of um, high school to college. But under the federal law, it says it starts at age 14. And one of the ways our kids are losing out in, in the state of Georgia is you're not really even starting with them till they're seniors. That's a problem. And that, and that includes the O&M part of it, because we should be getting these kids starting in ninth grade into summer job programs, into doing things like other high school kids who are sighted are doing so they can get some experience and ideas about, well, what I want to do when I do actually graduate. And, and I think that's that, what Shirley was saying. Well, let me finish. To... Let me finish, please. And, and it goes on. I mean, it goes on to say then, if, if the schools are not providing the correct O and M because we're only going to do school, I would hope, Shirley, that we're going to start working more towards making sure then that these students are getting the outside the school orientation and mobility training, so that they will be able to um, start doing summer jobs and those kinds of things. And I'd like to see VR helping these t- students if the transitioning and the school isn't doing it, to find them summer jobs so they can get some work experience. 
Now I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to hear a little bit more about the technical school path. We haven't talked about that a whole ton. So let's no, say we have a young man who's fascinated with all things mechanical, and he's interested in HVAC, for example, or electrical. What sorts of things should he be doing during his high school time to prepare for that career? I think, again, if we can get these, if we can develop that, the, the database I was talking about where we have, we can show examples of other individuals, but even not, I mean, being able to set up some type of internship or job shadowing where a student with whatever interest can go in there and actually kind of get a better feel of how that job is done. Because obviously as a, you know, as a blind kid, I can't see what you're showing me on a video, you know, that, that does nothing for me. So to be able to really get in there and be able to experience that, what that is like in real life. So can I, can I interject something here? It almost seems like we need more coordination with, um, and again, Tommy graduated in 2015. Yeah. So you have to predicate anything I'm saying. Actually, I think Stephanie has someone in the school system now, so maybe she's more current. Yeah, Ms. But our state, on a broader level, and this is really for you, Mr. Allen. Are you talking about like, like standardized, and, pa- yeah, standardized yeah. curriculum that's for different, yeah. I mean, like if you were a senior in our high school district right now, we have certain schools that specialize in certain things. Yeah, so like Lambert, which isn't the school that I went to, but it was the one I was looking for when I wanted to do film and or television because they have a production, uh, I guess, facility on site. And then Central does the auto, mechanic. the auto mechanics. And then South, the one that I did, does culinary and, and, DECA. and DECA. Yeah. And also engineering, but Central is actually our technical hub. So... Like, it seems like there should be a way within the IEP to work more with curriculum programs because kids who go into, like, a technical program in our county's high school, and this isn't just a Forsyth County Mm-mm. thing. It's it's a statewide initiative to create career pathways. because like there's silos in a way. Because I think Governor, I, I don't remember, to me it seems like it was Governor Deal, but don't quote me on that, noticed that we needed more students job ready when they graduated. So it seems like we should be able to coordinate the educational programs that are in the school with the goals that the students have in their transition. I agree. I don't know, you know, as consumer groups too, I mean, I think the schools, if they're, if they're providing these opportunities for their students without disabilities, I think they should be making sure they're providing it for all their students. Well, they, I, mean, if, I mean, they are. Tommy did culinary and yeah. you did that. I mean, it was good. Yeah. so it's not but like I'm talking about like the, the even like with the, the, the HVAC, things like that, where students may have those opportunities. If they, they have students that let them go experience that, then I, if you've got a low vision or blind student that wants to see what it's like, by all means, they should be able to participate in that. I will say at Tommy's high school, there was a principal when he was in ninth grade. Right. And um, thankfully he left our school district, but I was talking to him because I was volunteering doing something and I had the money box. And so I guess he decided to find out who I was. And I mentioned to him that Tommy um, 
wanted to be in the culinary program. And he sweetly told me that he needed to make a second choice. Um, and I just said, okay, thanks. That, that's, he's not giving up. Um, but actually, a para knew that he wanted to be in the culinary program. So yeah. she arranged yeah. to have him observe in there one day, and the culinary director met him. And, you know, I told her that this principal who was no longer there and had left the district um, told him to make a second choice. And she just basically said, uh, I don't think so. So they, it wasn't like, there was a little bit of pushback, to be honest with you, but yeah. it did work out. And it's not the first time that a disabled student's going to encounter pushback. Roadblock, yeah. That's why they need to develop advocacy Roadblock. skills. And so, um, and we I mean, want I to be think... one of those resources, by the way. You know, the Georgia Council has this youth committee with resources, people like Mary who have walked the road before, TVIs and parents, students, so that we can be a resource for you. We want to be a resource for you. Mm-hmm. And we want you to look at students like Tommy who have been able to succeed and say, yes, my kid can do that too. And yep. we want you to continue succeeding. Hey, hey, you know what? So, so Stetson, so Stetson's um, law school exams are in two weeks. So, a week. A no? week from Monday. Well, okay. Okay. I'm counting Friday. Okay. 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 Anyway, I'm just saying, don't rest on your laurels. No. Um, but I think there should be a way to coordinate with those transition goals, with the programs that are in the high school and with the ones that Shirley's finding to try to get the people channeled on a career and then seeing like they may be like Tommy and just be convinced they want to be a TV production person. And then you were a Japanese major for two years. Yep. 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 But finally you settled on SPIA, international, international affairs. affairs. In law. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they all do that. Shirley, I have a question for you, which is, is there anything we can do for you now to help you develop this database of peer support? avenues. Yeah, yes, I do want to start collecting. Um, and I guess we'll need to get, make sure that we have like a release um, to have the individuals put their have their names included on this list. So I can, um, I've got it already developed. Um, and then just being able to find out, you know, from the membership, or other people, you know, who maybe not be as part of GCB, being able to see if we can include them on this database. And I mean, it, something as simple as if someone wants to be a secretary or a transcriptionist, I would be happy to talk with them about how I do my job with my vision impairment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what I want. And so I've already created it, so I can. I just need to get it to you, and, and but we'll need to get um, consent so that they're, we have it, that they, they are willing to share their information. Well, let's talk hey, about Something you and I talked about at one of our, um, one of the meetings we were at, I think it was an alliance meeting. Um, we were talking about different job fairs for minority job fairs. Yes. Yeah. And and I attended the Southeastern one. Yeah. You just did the Southeastern. Minority, minority job, job fair, fair for, um, for lawyers. Yeah. For, for up oh, and nice. coming students. But you nice. Just, um, have, have you worked with disability in by any chance? Not yet. No. That's what no? I'm saying. I think we need to like work on consolidating a list of different minority job resources. Cause yeah. you and I talked about that one other time. Mm-hmm. And then I know in college, there's a um, workforce innovation. I know you registered for, there's another minority like to get internships yeah. thing um, that you did one of the years. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's so many things out there that we don't think about. We need to just yeah. collaborate and put together some resource for it. Perfect. And I've already st- started collecting some. So just getting our information together to just expand that list. 
Tommy can send you the one that he just did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Great. SEMJF. Yeah. It was great. It, all the, all the firms that showed up, I mean, obviously have have that as an initiative, but some of them seemed very, very like just willing and it was great. It was really, really great experience, especially because each firm, like you kind of imagine like a monolithic entity of law, but then like when you really go into it, all the firms are just so radically different from each other. And they all have different definitions of what a minority hiring applicant looks like. Yeah. So and then some of them not always a physical disability that a person's looking That's another thing that we need to just keep in mind. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to Stephanie Woods. If you have anything you'd like to share, having listened to the others, maybe an example of a, of a hypothetical situation that demonstrates <laughs> how you can help when things go wrong. <laughs> of course, we're all trying to do our best, but I know a liaison, a neutral party is sometimes really helpful and beneficial in these situations. She's oh, yeah. fantastic. She, she is just great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, well, I think like the, uh, the Woodyards were saying about the client services manual with VR, a lot of people have difficulty navigating it and they're just not sure what their due process rights are when it comes to vocational rehab. So they're never really defined in the manual anyway. So, so um, ju- uh, the biggest thing that we do is, you know, helping people identify what um, the guidance is that's in there, but also explaining to them that you can appeal any decision that the mm-hmm. agency made, whether it's verbally, whether it's in writing, you have the right to say why you don't agree and to submit additional documentation and justification to say like, this is why this is good for me. And this is why I should do that. Um, but also to be aware that you can always ask for exceptions. Like, yes, their policy is written this way and they do have these guidelines, but you every person's unique, every person's situation is unique and their disability is unique in the way that it presents. So you can ask for an exception to be made if you need extra time or if you need this extra piece of technology that, you know, maybe AWT said, "Ah, I think you can get away with just using this. I don't really think you're going to need that. Mm -hmm. Um, And saying, you know, I do feel like I need it. And this is why, because when I do this one part of my job, this doesn't really fit or it takes extra time or things like that to, to kind of, help VR understand where you're coming from because sometimes there are a lot of different people working on your cases and reviewing Mm -hmm. your documentation and maybe all the pieces just aren't coming together. And so that's a lot of times when we'll contact Shirley and say, Hey, Shirley, I have this case. I need this opinion. Like, what do you think? This is, you know, the roadblocks that we're encountering and just try to bridge those gaps to help clients get the services that they need. I I like to tell consumers to like what Stephanie just said, you know, if you can, as you're looking at um, what your, your career path is going to be and being able to justify, you know, this is what, this is how I'm going to get there. Really. I mean, spell out your argument for incent, put it in writing for your counselor. And even when you mentioned, Tommy, like when you were going to meet with your counselor and you had your list of things to discuss, I would, after that meeting, I would send the counselor an overview of that meeting. And these were the things we discussed and and have them respond. What you wrote matches up with with, with what you got out of it. Exactly. And then you have a paper trail too. Absolutely. Both, both of you do your counselor has Um, one, you have one. And, and that, I think that just makes the whole process run more smoothly. Definitely. And these are great hints that 
we can use when we're navigating these situations. And I, we have a few more minutes if we have any other questions, but I do want to thank all of our panelists for coming on and joining us and sharing your Saturday to talk about these issues. I greatly appreciate it and, uh, and want to thank you. While we're waiting on other questions, I will do our final door prize, <laughs> which is going to be a $15 gift certificate to Taco Bell. <laughs> and the winner is, oh, I, don't I think believe Jeff this wants our it. host this morning, Janine <laughs> Flanagan. Isn't Yay. that one of the hosts? Yeah. I believe that is. That's great. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Mary? No, I think that um, we're good. I mean, my main thing is just to help high school students understand what services they can qualify for just by function of having that IEP and then how to take the next steps. And so. Definitely. And kind of as a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, we've been developing a transition specific page for the GVRA website that we are at the very near end of finalizing. And so that'll also be a, a resource rich uh, area that's that parents can go to, to get information as well. It's something that uh, I think has been long overdue mm-hmm. and the team has been working really hard with our, our external affairs to get that all set up so that we can hopefully have that go live. I'm hoping before Christmas, but worst case scenario, right after the holidays is what I'm shooting for unless we have it issues. So okay. Oh, since we have you all here and we do have about 15 minutes, I'm going to introduce an off-topic item, which is... Oh, boy. Briefly, how has COVID affected your ability to liaise with TVI's transition specialists? Like, what has it done that's hurt VR? I'm sure it has hurt the process of getting people services because we've heard that it has. Well, it's, you know, with, and Kay mentioned some of it earlier when she did a presentation with the Older Blind Program, because many of those providers are the same VR providers, where, you know, in some cases, early on, they they literally just had to shut down and close the doors. Sure. Um, they, uh, then we moved into providing services remotely. The good thing from that is we have seen that some of these services can continue to be provided remotely, like some technology access training. Obviously, O&M is not one of those that, mm-hmm. you know, you can do some basics in the house or sighted guide if the person has um, somebody, family in the, in the home or someone in the home where you can kind of practice that sighted guide thing. But then, you know, once it gets into the things that there's safety concerns and that that needs that one-on-one but even with some of the vrt stuff too they've been able to provide some of that remotely which is i think going to give our providers opportunities to actually possibly serve more people just because they can reach more individuals um but you know you know it'll be we'll just have to look case by case so now that they have opened their doors they're still um not Fully, it's not a Monday through Friday situation. For example, with CVI, they're 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 providing services three days a week and just trying to keep clients spread out so they can't bring in as many. So it, it's we're still in that, um, just trying to figure it out. You know, just just like we had to figure out how we would do our jobs from home. So 
And they actually, from his perspective, he received technology, thankfully, um, this summer. And but I don't know that that's the ideal way to do it because he got a couple of big ticket items, and they were just in a box in a parking lot, and they were open. So, like, if I'm getting a shipment at home and it's sealed, um, one was an OrCam. And the other was a um, video magnifier. What do you have? Transformer? Transformer. Um, And so the first thing I did is inventory the boxes. You know, like literally take the packing slip and check off every item to make sure that every cord was there and every... Supposedly it was open because they already did that, but we didn't. Well, I think it was open because they picked it up from a provider that also wasn't really open. And they um, they consolidated a couple yes. of things into boxes. I'm just saying, when you have expensive equipment, you want to make sure, sure it's all the pieces yeah. are there and everything's working, which mm-hmm. in our case, it did. I've sold technology for a long time, though, and I'm a technical producer at work. So yes. it's not really okay. intimidating for me at all to sit there and make sure everything works. A lot of stuff had to be updated, a lot of stuff. Drivers needed to be installed. It was a lot to do that if you had a person, particularly an adult that had just lost their vision it would and didn't have them. good blindness skills, yeah. it wouldn't yeah, have been a that great should way have to been a, That should have been more of a turnkey situation. But that's good, that's good feedback because that's something we can give COVID, back. Yeah, I think COVID, like I wouldn't continue that practice with, <laughs> with COVID. <laughs> and I think also that um, I know the person that gave it to us said he's not getting mileage anymore for delivering it. So I think maybe cutting the mileage reimbursement for some of the, the providers yeah. and the employees well, even. We never paid providers. We never paid our vendors mileage. Well, I'm talking about the um, AWT person yeah. that was driving out to meet me. Like he said, he wasn't getting reimbursed anymore to drive to meet people. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just what he told us. So, um, but I know the offices weren't open. So, you know, we had to meet somewhere. Yeah. And we met right outside of the office and, and a man pulled up and wanted to know if they were open and the, and he was told no. So, I mean, I know the office wasn't open. So, um, I mean, I can only speak to what I know. The trainers have told us that they're not getting uh, mileage anymore either. So I don't know. You all can check that out. But I do think COVID has made that more difficult because you can't go in. And if they're not being paid to travel to train you, they're more than likely not. You know, it's just, it's more of a difficult thing. So I think COVID has made it harder. I don't know that it makes communication with your case manager any harder because no, it's you never email. met your first one anyway. Yeah. Like even though she's in our same city, we never met her. And uh, you did meet your second mm-hmm. one and mm-hmm. you, you haven't met your new one. In person, but we've had extensive correspondence over email and miss woods and i still spoke and zoom calls yeah and so i don't think that like client case manager communication relations was impacted but the service delivery of the different products Mm -hmm. and training that you do i think is definitely impacted well that's good that localizes where some of the issues are and (laughs) i i do want to commend everyone for the creativity of of using technology to do what you can do successfully. And I think it does have to be evaluated case by cases. Yes, this works remotely and this doesn't, which Kay Mm -hmm. had alluded to this morning. And I think um, Wendy Mons with Magnifiers 
is also doing low vision evaluations remotely right now through a method that she has developed. I think she's going to share that on the senior panel. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, so that was possible. All right. We are going to have, let's see. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Of course, of course Mary and Tommy couldn't have done this panel without you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We are going to convene back here at 245 for the Special Interest Affiliate Showcase, which mm-hmm. will have four door prizes in it, and two of them will be the grand prizes. So come back mm-hmm. for that. Then at 4 o'clock. We have trivia with Mary and Tommy. <laughs> and then he promises he's going to study. I am. I know. I'm, doing it <laughs> I'm just teasing him. I know. It's great living at home. It's just <laughs> I love having you, too. Oh, it's been a joy. That was another thing COVID impacted. College education. People having home. Yeah. Right. Mm. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Alice Richard, and I am going to be facilitating. Um, and I would just like to say, first of all, thank you to our panelists for joining us today. We are going to be hearing from four of ACB special affiliates, the veterans um, affiliate, and I can't say all the whole names. I'll leave it up to them with uh, Tyson Ernest. And then we're going to hear from Zelda Gephardt with Citizens of Low Vision. Then we're going to hear from, um, um, oh, see, I'm, I, I'm a senior. Oh, that's right. That's who we're going to hear from. The Alliance on Aging. That was a little joke. Um, <laughs> and then finally, we will hear from the newest affiliate. And of course, those younger folks who still um, are sharp and energetic and certainly have more energy than I do. And that will be um, Stephen. So I'm going to turn it over first to Tyson to let him talk to us about Viva. Hey, everybody. Um, Thank you for inviting me uh, to the GCB 2020 uh, convention to speak. Um, Kind of been here listening all day long, but I kind of have to. So uh, anyway, so but I, I it is my pleasure to speak with you guys today about ACB's veteran affiliate known as Viva, V-I-V-A. And some people say Viva or Viva. Either way, we just, we're good with it. And that is, stands for Visually Impaired Veterans of America. Uh, it's been around for quite a while, um, upwards of 20 plus years. And uh, just like uh, any special interest affiliate, uh, we serve a very specific population. And obviously, as the name implies, we we uh, are all about veterans, veteran services, veterans advocacy, and um, the causes of veterans and the unique issues that come about that. Uh, as you're going to learn today, the membership of each of our affiliates is kind of geared to something unique uh, because we are. We, we all hold... Um, something specific that, that we deal with or that we have that is to us. So, you know, with, with, with my other panelists here, my other colleagues, you know, they each, each of their populations have something unique to them, which drives them to that special affiliates unit or, or something unique within them um, that makes them 
what they are. And aside from us being veterans and having served our country, we're also the one, we're the only affiliate that its board is made up of, of people who at one point into their adult life had 2020 vision, had uh, 2020 eyesight. So uh, that, that kind of gives us a unique perspective on things as well as the ability um, that we had with, uh, with how we served our country. We have a lot in common with several of the other affiliates. Um, our population tends to be on, uh, on the older side. Um, and because of that, so we, we, we align a lot with, um, with the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. And because of that, because we have lost our vision due to um, a variety of circumstances, not just combat, which is what a lot of people think, is that, is that uh, we are made up of all uh, people who have lost their vision due to some type of a um, combat-related type of thing. And no, it may be that we served for, for a number of years and we left, the, we left the service for whatever reason. And then as life happened, we lost our vision, which is uh, my circumstance. But um, in that aspect, we also, don't, we also have a, a high population who are low vision. So we align very often with CCLVI as well. And uh, so I'm honored to be able to talk on a, on a panel that contains those two. Um, sadly, we don't have a whole lot of our population doesn't tend towards the, the younger end. Um, those that do, however, uh, tend to be the ones who are um, combat vets. But uh, so we are in a, we're in a, in a period of, rebuilding um the the uh affiliate was last active a couple years ago um the last i seen was from the 2017 reno convention and uh due to um uh they had several losses within their boards due to uh members passing away and it kind of fell into um a status of uh, just not being really um active and they had some problems filling board seats because, again, we're not, a, we're not set in one area of the nation like a state affiliate is. We're spread out like special interests do. We, we serve a, a large um, geographical region. And so getting people to serve in, on boards is, can be difficult. Um, so we are in a series of rebuilding, and I have been honored within uh, back in June to be appointed as the acting president of Viva. So we're looking at how can we turn this into a, a special interest that serves its, serves its members. Um, we want to focus on uh, how, how do we work to advocate, not just as a group nationally, but as an affiliate for each of our own members. So things like um, how do we go about making sure that we get um, alignment of resources so that we can get our affiliate members hooked up with the services they deserve. Uh, we're very lucky in that we do have a large network of services uh, within the VA itself, but we work to advocate on behalf of the vets to the VA. Um, the, the interest that, um, that affect uh, ACB as well, we serve those too. We're, because we are a member of ACB, we will, you know, we obviously back whatever ACB does in order to um, to help advocate for those things that we deserve, not just as veterans, but as uh, blind and visually impaired individuals. So that's where we're at right now. Um, uh, and I'll answer questions to 
uh, later on as to well, before we wrap up as to how you can contact us and get in charge for uh, get get in touch with us rather for for membership. Do you want to go ahead and give that now, Tyson, and and then we'll move on to the next okay. one, or do you want to wait till the okay. end? Okay, uh, I can give it now and then just give it again at the end. Um, so you know, either, if you don't have a way to write down, prepare your slate and stylus paper and pens, Word document, whatever it takes. Uh, but the only way currently to reach us right now is through email, and that is veteransofacb at gmail.com. Okay, thank you. There's our first special interest affiliate. Next up, we'll hear from Zelda, who is um, representing CCLVI, and I'll let her give you the long name. Go ahead, Zelda. You're up. <laughs> Good afternoon. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for asking us to participate in this panel of ACB special interest affiliates. Um, we really appreciate the opportunity to to be a part of the Georgia Convention. You guys are having a good time, and and we're we're happy to join you. Um, as she said, my name is Zelda Gemhard, and I'm the first vice president of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. Uh, that's the long name, and it took me quite a while to get that <laughs> conquered. But who is CCLVI? Well, we are a special interest affiliate of ACB with a long history. Uh, we've, we've been around for over 40 years. I believe we're embarking on our 42nd year, and we are very excited about our future. Um, Tyler mentioned that um, they're in a rebuilding state uh, or in a rebuilding spot for for uh, Viva. Uh, we're we're kind of in a in a revival um, area with CCLVI, and we we are really anxious and excited about um, what's what's in our future. Um, we're trying to keep up with the ever-evolving world, and that's a challenge, and we're, we're up for it. So who's, who's welcome as a member of CCLVI? Um, we may have low vision in our, in our name, but we are for everyone. Um, we welcome anyone of any age um, with any level of vision, um, low vision, no vision, or fully sighted. Uh, we welcome members wherever they live in the world, um, although we are, we are predominantly in the United States. Um, we have a total of 250 members, with some being at large and um, some being members of our four chapters, um, which are located in California, um, New York, Kentucky, and the Delaware Valley. Um, you may be asking yourself, why join a special interest affiliate? Um, as Tyler pointed out, you know, we have certain things that are, are um, specific to us, but we do have a lot in common. And even though I've been a very active uh, member in my state affiliate, and I'm currently uh, the president of the North Dakota Association of the Blind, um, I have... Uh, gained a great perspective by being a member of a special interest affiliate, and that being CCLVI. Um, we're a group with similar interests, but of great diversity in our membership. Um, during my time at CCLVI, I've, I've had the opportunity to develop friendships and connections from Vermont to Florida, from Washington to Hawaii, and 
and several from Georgia too. So I think that's great. This opportunity has enhanced my life and helped me to be a, a person with greater insight and also enabled me to be a better leader uh, locally as well. So I really appreciate that. Um, CCLVI is an advocacy membership organization with um, with the following purposes. We, we're devoted to helping people fully utilize their existing vision um, through the use of all the available aids, services, and technology. Um, we provide a way that people can express their individual needs and interests and preferences. We educate the general public and professionals um, about the the capabilities we have and the potential we have. Um, Because sadly to say, sometimes they're not aware of that. Um, We make sure that individuals know about and have access to available services. Uh, We support research to prevent blindness and improve um, maximum utilization of sight. So we also uh, support the development and expansion of training programs to improve the quality of, of our lives. And um, how do we do this? Well, we have a newsletter. It's called Vision Access, and it's published. Um, we currently just, just pushed up the publication of that to six times a year. Uh, so every other month, we, we have a publication. The newsletter is filled with information, um, articles containing issues um, that are current issues and new and exciting advancements in technology and new eye care treatments, you name it, it's, it's in there. Um, we have career and, and education uh, interests. Uh, education is an important part of CCLVI, and annually we provide opportunities for many educational events, um, mostly up until COVID. That's been um, the workshops, the sessions that we've offered at during the, the ACB convention. Um, right now we're doing a lot of, lot of calls, uh, a lot of Zoom calls. People are Zooming everywhere nowadays, but we also um, have the opportunity, and we're so very grateful to Fred Schreigert for giving us the opportunity to facilitate um, the the giving of of three scholarships, college scholarships each year. Um, Advocacy, um, CCLVI represents... um, we we participate each year in in ACB leadership meetings, uh, including the the legislative seminar, and we're happy to go to Capitol Hill um, and talk about the things that are important to us um, with people with vision loss. Um, our convention programming. This is what brought me to CCLVI. This is what made me aware that even such a thing existed uh, was by attending the ACB convention. And um, CCLVI has a full program. Um, we have a vision showcase each year, and we ask different um, 
exhibitors in the exhibit hall to come and talk to us about their products and how it might affect our lives. Uh, last year, um, during our virtual convention, um, we were able to have Envision America there, um, Way Around, uh, Way Tags uh, were available, New Eyes, and APH were our guests um, during our Venger Showcase. And we also have um, sessions or workshops. Um, some of the, the recent ones that, that I remember are um, the, the Retina Tracker from Foundations Fighting Blindness, um, Hadley, um, and um, we've done sessions on how to travel with vision loss, um, uh, laughter yoga, stress um, relieving exercise, uh, vision loss and fashion, um, bioptic driving, uh, and and even audible darts. Um, we've done some joint presentations with AAVL. Um, we did a lightning one, I believe that was in 2018. And in 2019, we partnered with the Next Generation uh, when it was still a committee. And we did a, a vastly popular uh, one on smart home devices um, such as the Amazon Dot. And um, we do take time for fun. We like to get down to business, but we do like to have fun too. And so each year at convention, we have a, a game night um, playing different things. We might have a dance. Uh, we've done Jeopardy with all the categories pertaining to blindness issues and uh, trivia about that. Um, we've, we've done Name That Tune with either songs or artists that um, that that had vision loss. Um, so our current Zoom calls every every Friday morning at eleven o'clock Eastern, we have a CCLVI coffee break, and um, on we have a ham chat. Um, that's what all about amateur radio, and that's um, each Thursday evening at seven. And we have a, a CCLVI game night uh, that's on the second and fourth Mondays. So if you have time on a Monday and you want to have some fun, come to our game night. It's at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, our board of directors meetings um, are open to everyone. And that's the second Tuesday of the month. Um, we... Probably our longest lasting um, call has been Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill. And that is held the, the third Thursday, no, the third Tuesday of each month at 8.30 Eastern. And he brings up some really good subjects and is a wonderful host. Um, there are also our chapter in Kentucky, the KCCLV, has low vision support calls. And if you're interested in any of those calls, um, anyone is welcome, whether you're a member or not. And you can get reminders of the calls and the call information of how you can join by going to our website, which is cclvi.org. And you can sign up for our um our list and it's it's done by constant contact. So that's kind of a um, 
about that. Uh, to find out more about CCLVI, you can you can um, call our our voicemail. Um, it's called CCLVI Information, and it's seven seven three five seven two. 6315 and talk directly to a, a CCLVI member um, by calling our toll free number, which is 844 0625. Or you can always go to our website, and that again is cclvi.org. Thank you very much, uh, Leda. I appreciate that. Boy, y'all are so busy. You make me tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. And, and that's, that's um, it, it's a great time of opportunity for all of us. And, and we're, we're kind of just jumping on that wagon. Okay. We will probably have you do your information to get the end. But right now we're going to move along. And I really do remember the next group up is AAVL. And the president is with us, Jeff Tom. Many of you may know Jeff as an officer in ACB. He served on the board. He's been around a long time. There's another pun about being old. So, Jeff, I'm going to turn <laughs> it over to you. Well, I don't know if I like that introduction, the way you put it. But nonetheless, uh, thank you. It's an honor to be at Georgia Council. I just have to say I've had a lot of wonderful times over many, many years with Georgia folks. And so um, it's great to be with you all today, both those I know and those I don't know. Um, AVL is somewhere, you know, in between what uh, Viva is trying to be and what CCLVI is, I guess you might say. We were started probably close to the same time as um, Viva, and I don't have the exact dates for either one, but close. Um, and the original folks who started it, uh, many of you may know Oral Miller, for example, who the, the former executive officer of ACB, he was one of the charter members. And the original purpose behind the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, or AAVL, was to... Um, work on behalf of folks suffering recent vision loss. Now, and that is still the primary purpose in the bylaws, although I hope to alter that a little bit, and I'll tell you why. Um, obviously, w one of our most important purposes should be to help persons who have suffered recent vision loss, and it always will, and hopefully. But Really, our organization, the majority of us who are in AAVL now, at least, have had, you know, vision loss for a long time. And it is and we recognize that everyone who is a senior with vision loss needs, you know, advocacy on their behalf. So, you know, I think that what we have, you know, tried to say over the last few years is that the organization should be for all seniors of vision loss and really for everyone you don't have just like uh you know um cclvi you don't have to be a senior to join um we have really embarked upon a resurgence um we would really like to see aavl be the type of go-to organization that that you know gdui and, and cclvi are um, in terms of their respective areas. 
Um, you know, as Zelda said, we have done some things, uh, for example, with CCLVI, and we really need to do much more. Um, you know, Tyson is really correct that a lot of our special interest groups really do have um, areas that overlap, and certainly the vast majority of seniors with vision loss have low vision. So as I said, we're in sort of a, um, a resurgence or um, really unprecedented resurgence. We started when I w- became president a few years ago um, with about 24 members. And I think um, once the dues are all taken in and counted, early next year, we will be in the 80s. Um, And I think that is really excellent growth. Um, We have, or we will have two affiliates. I think we will have taken up California's affiliation next month. And the Oregon affiliate already has their constitution um, drafted and is ready to, you know, send in their information as well. Um, And I think affiliates uh, can be very important because different states have different priorities. And I'll I'll get into some of the things that we do nationally in a minute. But I think that that it's important to consider affiliation because, you know, one one state, for example, we may want to focus on nursing home reform for persons with vision loss. Another state may want to focus on working with mental health for seniors with vision loss. So there's lots of things to do. And and we urge, you know, states, if they're interested, to look at having affiliates um, with uh, for, for, for AAVL. We um, focus uh, a lot on building membership, but not because of numbers, because numbers really don't do anything except, you know, give you more more of a chance to, you know, produce results. So we're trying to focus a lot on advocacy and peer support. We have community calls on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. for peer support, which I think is really important in this uh, COVID-19 um time that we're living through but really for seniors with vision loss even after that time has ended you know peer support is especially important um to avoid the isolation and a feeling that your life is basically coming to an end which occurs so often with seniors who lose their vision later in life we also um have some Occasionally, we've had some Thursday evening calls uh, through the Visibilities series that Terry Pacheco has on different um, issues, such as um, orientation and mobility for adults and how it differs from that which is provided to kids. Um, How to make senior centers more... um, reactive and more worthwhile uh, for seniors of vision loss. And we intend to do more of these issue-oriented calls. We've become very active in what's called the Vision Serve Alliance. The Vision Serve Alliance is, is a consortium of dozens and dozens of 
you know, uh, of um, entities in the blindness field, including, you know, lighthouses and guide dog schools and ACB and NFB. Um, and they have a senior initiative that they took over from the American Foundation for the Blind. And um, John Huffman, our president before that, was involved in it. And I am now also involved in it. Uh, we're also involved in um, an, a, uh, an advisory council through Mississippi State um, on the older independent, older individuals who are blind program. And we're working um, through the Vision Serve Alliance toward ways of obtaining more funding for those type of vision rehabilitation services, which are so crucial to, you know, to seniors of vision loss, be they, you know, technology training, um, O&M, um, self-advocacy, whole, whole area, vision, vision therapy, whole array of services for which there is a, a serious lack of funding. And I know that, um, you know, I scream about it and nobody screams about it anymore than Alice does. Um, so I hear about it from all over the country. Um, and we, we need to work on, you know, getting access through Medicare and perhaps through Medicaid waivers and Older Americans Act funds. So there's an awful lot to do. Um, I don't want to take up too much more time. Let me just give you um, my email and phone number and the website. Um, our website is a little long but it is what it is, aavl-blind-seniors.org. So that's aavl-blind-seniors.org. You can find various resources and old newsletters and the newest newsletter on our website. We encourage you to look at that. Um, my email, if you want to get in touch with me and get an application, is js, as in Stephen, T-H-O-M at Comcast.net. That's J-S-Tom at Comcast.net. And my cell is 916-995-3967. And thank you very much. I'll move it along. Thank you very much, Jeff. And now I know what the S stands for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That was great. Um, we will, again, have you repeat your information um, at the end again. Uh, but I want to move on so we get to make sure we get to hear from everybody. So now we are going to hear from the newest affiliate in ACB, and that is NextGen. And Steve, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. All right. I'll shut my mouth and let you go ahead. <laughs> well, um, I'm Steven Salas, and I'm the second vice president for the new affiliate, ACB Next Generation. Uh, what is ACB Next Generation? Well, we're the newest affiliate, just brand new, became official in February. We're the uh, affiliate that um, has members of that have the members for people under the age of 40. So, um, you know, we're, we're basically the future of ACB. Um, we're here to prepare anyone and everyone who's under the age of 40 and wants to get more involved in ACB and wants to learn more. Um, we also bridge the gap between ACB students and ACB national um, some students graduate early, you know, early 20s, even late, late in their 30s. Um, but 
um, sometimes they don't know where to go. They can't find a place with an ACB, and this this is where ACB Next Generation uh, comes in. Um, we do overlap, like many of you have said. Uh, there's some affiliates that do overlap. So some of our members and board members are part of ACB students, and um, we also uh, uh, overlap with BPI a lot because a lot of the younger generation are in uh, BPI, and we got a few in our uh, board as well. So uh, there is a lot of overlapping. But this is a place uh, within ACB for members under the age of 40. Um, we also do preparedness. We prepare our members for other uh, affiliates or other um, committees, um, such as the National Board Committee. There's some of our members who are interested in joining that. So we prepare them and getting them used to um, how to advocate for themselves, how to... Um, no, I would like get basically know the ropes of ACB and you know how to run a committee or how to be part of a committee, how to teamwork and how to uh, communicate with other um, blind individuals. Um, also, a lot of people uh, don't want to admit this, but uh, ACB is, is uh, lack of a better term, um, aging. And not, not to say that the older folks are, are it's a bad thing, but. Um, you guys paved the way and it's time for uh, the next generation to take over and this is where we come in and we're not going to replace you guys we're just going to keep building on top of what you guys build and that's what we're here for we want ACB National to keep growing and to keep continuing um, for years to come and then you know eventually it's going to be our time to pass the torch to the other generation that's going to come after us so we want this affiliate to be that. We just want this affiliate to be the chain that keeps bringing in younger members and keeps uh, passing them through ACB, ACB uh, as a whole. Um, yeah. So uh, um, we, and let's talk about. I'm gonna talk about membership now. So when it comes to members, this is a members for uh, people under the age of 40. But that's not to say that we don't have supporting members. Anyone who's over the age of 40 are um, supporting members as well. You guys can also be part of committees, um, and we, we will accept you as guys as members. So, um, you know, we always look to the older generation as mentors, uh, and that's something that we're going to be working on soon as well. And we want to start hooking up our younger members with older, older folks who are into their careers already. Uh, for example, myself, I am an audio engineer, and I'm going to hopefully link up soon with Joel Snyder and Chris Snyder through the audio description program to work with them. And we also have uh, podcasters that want to link up with other podcasters to, to, to get mentorship from them. Um, students that are about to graduate, let's say they're, uh, they're pursuing a, a degree in, in, in um, management. We'll link them up with the older uh, member to help them mentor and maybe get them a job somewhere. But we're basically bridging the gap between the younger generation and the older generation. And that's what Next Generation is here for. Um, like I said, membership, we, we, everyone is invited. Um, these is, if you're under the age of 40, you just have uh, more, more responsibility to keep the, the chapter going, or the affiliate going. Um, if you do join uh, ACB Next Gen, we do have special perks that uh, no other, uh, nobody can get unless you're a member, for example, um, we do, we're about to start up in a couple of days here, actually start up a Facebook messenger group for only next gen members. And, um, 
we're also having a um, since we're uh, brand new, we're 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 building up a logo. We're making a logo for our chapter or for our affiliate, and only members can vote on which logo will fit with us. So we're making different types of logos, um, diff, uh, special voting rights for different things we're hosting. Um, so different those 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 type of membership perks are strictly for members only. So we're trying to bring that uh, in into the affiliate. Um, uh, another thing that we have for membership perks is we want our members to promote their own businesses and their own projects. So we do have a Facebook page, which you guys can, a Facebook group actually, but both, we'll talk about the Facebook group page later, but the Facebook group, um, it's a group of everyone who wants to be part of next gen. You don't have to be a member, but if you are a member, we'll allow you to promote, um, your business, your project, anything that, anything that you're doing, any of your endeavors, um, our president, Amanda Salm, she has a Mary Kay business. Uh, so she's allowed to promote uh, her business on there as opposed to someone who is selling uh, Sensi and they're not a member. Um, not not to be mean, but uh, like it's a member's perk. So they won't be allowed to, to promote their business. So it's just an incentive for uh, younger folks to join or even um, the older folks to join. But uh, yeah, so I think uh, Zelda mentioned this that uh, we hooked up with um, CCLVI in 2018, and we were a committee at that time. And uh, actually, I wasn't part of the committee before then because I became uh, the DKM first time award recipient in 2008, 2019. So um, that was before my time. But Next Gen was a committee, and we just became an official affiliate in February of this year. So we're still the baby affiliate, but we're gonna keep growing. Um, Right now, we have a total of 64 members, I believe, and still growing. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to reach out to us, we have, a, like I said, we have a Facebook group under ACB Next Generation. We do have a Facebook page. You could look that up at ACB, N-E-X-T-G-E-N, ACB Next Gen, or just type in ACB Next Generation. Um, if you want, if you have any questions regarding membership or any any information, just Send, a, send us an email at acbnextgen at gmail.com. That is acbnextgen at gmail.com. Um, our webpage on the ACB uh, page is up to date. So we do have a phone number up there as well. All of our board members are up there. You can reach us um, through email. All of our contact information is up there. So if you guys are interested or want any information, just reach out. Okay, thank you so much. Now sure. we're gonna open. We have we have a little bit of time. We can open up for um, a few questions. If anybody has questions they'd like to ask any of the affiliates represented, so Lynn, I'll let you explain how they can raise their hands, and I'll let you uh, go ahead and see if there are any hands for us after All you right, do that. Thank, thank you, Madam President. Okay, um, to raise your hand. On a computer, it is Alt-Y. To raise your hand on a Mac, it is Option-Y. To raise your hand on a landline, it is Star-9. And to raise your hand on an iPhone using the app, it is in the lower... Actually, it's in the middle of the... Uh, uh, the screen. Now, when you when your hand is raised and you're called upon, you're going to see a dialog box in the middle of the screen that says the host is asking you to unmute. You click on that. <clears throat> okay. So let's find out. 
Okay. I don't. I don't see any raised hands yet, unless Jaws is not allowing me to. I don't see any hands raised. Ah, here we go. Cecily. Hi, uh, this question is for Zelda. And uh, I remember meeting her at the, at a couple of times, but especially in February at the legislative seminar. In any case, my question is, is there a, a resource or a database that CCLVI has created that has various low vision tools and technologies that are all at a glance? Actually, there's the book. Um, we we um, put together a book, and it, it has a lot of the information I think you're just referring to. Um, so get in touch with me. Um, I can give you a way to, to get that. Um, I believe it's available both in large print and, and um, digitally. And um, you can contact me at zelda.com. Gebhard, and that's G-E-B, as in boy, I'm a mother of four of them, um, H-A-R-D, as in Dakota, um, at, at cclvi.org. So that's zelda.gebhard at cclvi.org. Thank you. You're welcome. And I do remember you. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I want to take this time to say, uh, I apologize, um, Tyson, for calling you Tyler. I think I referred to you uh, as Tyler earlier, and I'm, I'll try not to do that again. That's quite all right. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. Um, you, you did it twice, Zelda. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, you know, as, as I'm saying, I am the mother of four boys, and I'll start at the top and go Brian, Allen, Clark, Alex, you know, until I hit the right one. I always just say, you know your name. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying to be professional. Okay. Um, uh, I do not see any hands raised. Okay. Well, we'll go back to and just give everybody again the opportunity to uh, promote your affiliate. Give us in one sentence or less why we should join you. And your in contact information. Tyson? All right. Okay. Um, again, thank you for inviting us to GCB's convention. Uh, it's been fun to listen to the other affiliates. Um, so in one sentence, why you should join us, uh, because veterans are the ones that served you. And uh, we did so with honor, and we did so with pride, and we did so without um, without thinking of, of the consequences and uh, to join us is to help us in our causes to join us is to uh, help us struggle through the things that we, that we need um, that we advocate for uh, and support in, in, in our lives. Um, uh, I forgot to mention, and I'll, I'm going to take a little bit of seconds, a few seconds to talk about it is our membership is not just limited to veterans, although that is, that is who makes up the core of our, of our affiliate. Uh, we're open to obviously to families of veterans and anyone veteran or not who supports the causes of veterans. So, and then uh, I want to say also um, that we will be having uh, 
Viva is hosting a call on Wednesday on Veterans Day, and it's called Thank You for Your Service. That's uh, to our call. The first, the first hour we'll be talking about what services, uh, updating services to veterans who are uh, visually impaired. And the second hour is going to be open line for anybody who wants to come in and share about their veteran. Great. And your contact information one more time for the Yep, the contact information, uh, email at veterans of ACB. It's veterans plural with an S of ACB at gmail.com. Okay, thank you. Zelda? Thank you. Hi. Well, I'm, I'm going to give a plug for special interest affiliates at any special interest affiliate. Um, as I said earlier, I believe that, that being a part of um, – you know, being a part of of the of ACB is is very important, but it is very beneficial to be a part of a smaller group. Uh, you have more opportunities um, for leadership. You have more opportunities for for personal growth, and it is it's just a really good way to to have um, those connections strengthened and those friendships made. And I would encourage you, whether it's CCLVI or or whatever special interest affiliate, you um, have some sort of interest in to pursue that interest. And if you're interested in being a part of CCLVI or learning more about us, go to our website, which is cclvi.org. And if you're interested in becoming a member, we'd, we'd welcome you with open arms. Um, you can contact me. I happen to be not only the first vice president, but I'm the membership chair this year, and I'd be happy to talk to you. You can call me at 701-493-2399, um, or if you have availability of doing email, you can email me at Zelda dot gebhard g-e-b-h-a-r-d at cclvi.org thank you zelda jeff okay so just as we need the innovation the forward thinking the the new leadership that next generation is going to provide us we also need to remember that 80 percent of the folks who are blind or who have low vision are seniors and that needs to be the, you know, in terms of numbers-wise, it should be the core of our organization. So um, that's who we need to serve. And that's why I encourage all of you who are, especially those who are seniors, um, to join us in our efforts. Um, we, we certainly need your help to accomplish <laughs> so much that, that needs to be done. And will continue to, to uh, need to be done for many years to come. So you can, um, we our dues are fifteen dollars per person, and you can contact me. I can send get you an application, um, and pretty soon we're going to have a PayPal on our website. But it is, I think the button doesn't quite work yet. So it's as I said, it is J S T H O M at Comcast.net, or you can call me at. 916-995-3967. And again, I'll give you the website just because it's got a lot there to look at. AAVL-blind-seniors.org. And thank you very much. And thank you, George Council of the Blind. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, I'll come back to Zelda and Tyson in just a minute. But 
Steve, if you will again uh, uh, answer the question and then give your contact information and the amount that it is to become a member of NextGen. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, the reason to join uh, ACB Next Generation, um, you're basically helping out ACB um, to grow in, in the future to, to continue on. And I, I didn't mean to step on any toes saying that uh, the older folks are, you know, they're, they're important as well. Everyone's important, whether what age you are, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, we are the future, you know, who, we're the ones who uh, adapt well, especially now, especially times where tough or when it comes to technology, we're about to use Zoom nowadays. But um, we're here to help everyone and anyone who's willing to accept it. And we could definitely also use your help if you want to join. It's $15 uh, dues uh, for the year. Um, you can email us at acbnextgen at gmail.com. You could also find us on Twitter at acbnextgen, Facebook at acbnextgen, and our Facebook group as well, acbnextgeneration. So, yep. All right. Thank you. And Tyson, what are the dues for Viva? Uh, the dues for Viva are $20 a year. Okay, right. and Zelda for CCLV? CCLVI's dues are $15 a year, and you can um, complete the whole process at our website, uh, filling out the form and paying for it there, or like I said, you can, you can contact me. Okay, again, I, I just want to thank um, our speakers today for being here and sharing with us. And I believe each special affiliate definitely has its purpose, has a reason, and, and we should get involved and help out. And, and I would just say, like, for example, for the veterans, you know, Tyson, I love the way you summed it up as you have served us and we should be willing to give back and help out now when needed. And for people with low vision, I've been in that group. And I remember the time where I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere because I didn't, I wasn't totally blind. And so I did feel like a lot of times people valued what I had to give or offer because I wasn't totally blind. And if you're not totally blind, you don't really know what it's like to be blind. And I wasn't perfectly sighted. And so you didn't fit in there. So it's nice to know there's a group where you can fit in and feel comfortable with no matter where you are in the vision process with with um, the Aging and Alliance, Alliance on Aging, I think Jeff's right. The only way to get change is to have the numbers. When you go to the legislature, you got to have the numbers. And we and, and the senior population is growing, and yet we seem to be the ones, and Jeff, Jeff mentioned earlier, I'm on my high horse about it, is we don't get what we need. I mean, prime example is the Medicare initiative that we've been trying to get through for the last couple of years. I, I make the comment, it, it, it amazed me when I had my hip replacement, I could get all the wheelchairs, walkers, anything I wanted, no questions asked, Medicare covered it. If, if I needed a, a video screen reader so I could keep taking my medicine on my own and remain home independently or be able to pay my own bill still by having that Medicare doesn't care. They don't care. They're not going to do what's necessary. And that just never made sense. So we need those numbers to do those things. And for next gen, Stephen, I'm, you didn't step on my toes. I've admitted I'm ready to retire and, and I'm looking forward to the other generation stepping up to the plate. So we're here. <laughs> we have a good purpose going there. So 
Again, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you all very much for sharing with us. And, and I would just say to our membership here in Georgia Council of the Blind, if you're not a member in, in a special interest affiliate, there are a lot of them out there. Go check them out. And, and I would say join because I bet you there's something there that will spike your interest. At this point, we have two last door prizes to give out before I turn it back over to Phil. Uh, Madam President, I, I don't know okay. if anybody saw it, but I did have my hand raised for a question. And yes, I, I was oh, okay, just I was just going to let her know that, Phil. Right, oh, okay, thank you. Phil. Thank you. I wanted to direct this question both to Jeff and to Tyson. Uh, do your organizations have a significant number of deaf-blind people? The Jeff answer... Yeah, I'll be happy to, Tyson. The answer to that is we do not. Um, and perhaps our focus should be, because this is where the numbers are huge, is people like me who are not deafblind per se, but certainly blind and hard of hearing. And I don't think we're putting anywhere... You know, and I'm not saying that, that we, we don't need to reach out to the deafblind because we certainly do need to reach out to the to that population as well. But the, the heart, folks who are hard of hearing and have, you know, hearing impairments and vision loss are a huge group. And, and you are right. We are not reaching out to the entire spectrum of folks with hearing loss to the degree that we need to. So that's a great question. And I wish my answer could have been a better one. So, uh, no, I think it was really good um, because it does address the fact that there isn't a, uh, for example, I, I have both uh, vision and hearing loss. Um, so I would be well served by an affiliate that, that, that does that or holds that as an interest. Um, the answer to your question, Phil, is um, being so new to the group, I really don't know the answer to that. However, I do know that the that um, veterans with hearing loss, though, is a growing population, as is once we get in, again, once we get into um, later ages in life, uh, we start getting and gaining age-related uh, vision loss issues. So I'm, I'm going to probably put a, put a a question mark on that with a, with a with an asterisk saying likely the answer is yes we probably do have a growing population of that uh, most of ours is just being around loud things tanks and ships and guns and all kinds of things that go boom really really loud um which is that question because i am uh blind and i do have hearing loss and uh, mm -hmm. i was just uh i'm really curious about yeah. it i know that the uh I'm yeah. uh, a member of the Sight and Sound Impairment Committee, and we've talked about that. That, we're, that uh, there may be a lot of them out there, but we don't really know about them. I would think the solution would be to to, to help get the word out about what is considered, um, you, you know, deaf or hard of hearing or something like that. That would be that would draw people to want to do that. And again, with, with people who are losing their vision later in life, it's getting them to admit that they have it at that loss. Meeting tools. Okay, thank, thank you so you much that. for the uh, answers there. And again, to reiterate to what our president just said, thank you all for coming. I look forward to this, sec this segment of the convention very much. And uh, and uh, yes, we're going to have a few minutes before we get into our fun well, time. So hey, Phil. Oh, hold on, Phil. I, I got to finish with the door prices. So I got to finish now. 
We this is Marcia. The door prices. Hold on, hold on. Too many people at once. Marsha? Yeah, I have a real quick question for Phil. Uh, Phil, and maybe I'm, I thought I knew this after being in ACB so long, but is sight, is sight and sound committee, is it a committee or an affiliate? It's a committee. At present, it is a committee. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why I thought it was an affiliate all this time. So in order to encompass some of the issues that we've just spoken about, it sounds like then it needs to consider becoming an affiliate, right? I would believe so. And I, I'm not sure what's holding them back, to be honest. Karen Campbell is the chair of the committee and will probably know the answer to that better than I do. Yeah, that's a very, that's something that I don't know how that process works, but it certainly sounds like it needs to be investigated and supported. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right. We, we do have two door prizes left to give out. These are big door prizes. And um, the conference convention committee um, decided that because these are bigger prizes, everyone's name will go back in the hat so everyone will have a chance at one of these two prizes. So I'm gonna stop again and hand it over to the door prize ladies. Okay. All right, I'm ready. All right, so like Alice said, we dumped all the numbers that we've drawn yesterday and today back into the bowl. And so everybody's got a chance. This first one is a $50 gift card to Outback Steakhouse. So you can go out to dinner. Have you got a number for us? And the winner, is no the winner is number 14. Number 14 is Betsy Grinovich. She's a, a double winner this time. She's going to Starbucks and to Outback. Congratulations, Betsy. I'm Betsy's brand and then, new friend. There <laughs> <laughs> you go, Betsy. Congratulations. Okay, and then our final prize. This is the real big one. This is a $150 gift certificate to Custom Cane, and that's good towards a personalized design consultation to design the cane of your dreams. So draw us out a number. And the number, and the number is 58. 58. That is Terry Suarez. Congratulations, Terry. All right. Thank you, ladies. You've done a great job. We appreciate it. I'm now going to step back and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to step back and let Phil and Marge take over and talk about the next thing up. And also, though, I would just like to say the board meeting will be um, on the Georgia Council of the Blind Zoom line. So it will start at five, but we'll give folks a couple of minutes to transition over. So thank you. I, I just, just thank you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, give me oh, on, a few on, seconds or maybe a minute to get into my rocking chair because I got I got to be in my rocking Phil. chair this time for the board meeting, even though it was an official meeting. <laughs> Phil, hold on one second. Since this is the last time I'm going to have the opportunity before um, 
ACB goes away. Again, I would just like to express as president of George Council of the Blind, my gratitude and appreciation to the ACB folks and to the hosts from ACB who have been with us the last two days and for all the help from Debbie and Tyson and Rick. We appreciate so much this opportunity. We were always afraid and weren't sure how we could do radio streaming or how it would work. So thank you so much. This has been a great experience. Alex, I second I that. I second that. We and... need, oh, I wanted to plug Vanda Pharmaceuticals for being a diamond sponsor also for our conference. Thank you, Vanda. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just looked at my watches past yep, four o'clock in time to get on with the trivia pro- uh, program. So, um, who is uh, going to be starting? Hey. Mary Woodyard, are you? I am. Yes. I'm here. I am. So, okay. who all, well, who all is over playing to you, trivia? Then. Well, yay. Okay, so who here is playing trivia? Everybody? Yeah? Okay. I'm playing I'm on a team with my mom when she gets here. Okay. So we have. Micah and I are, are. I'm sorry. Jamaica and I are having a team together. We're just going to be on my computer. She's tired of wearing headphones. I don't blame her. Okay. So Jennifer and Jamaica. And Steve and Taya, right? Mary, I'm here. It's Alice, but I'm not going to play because um, I'm on my iPhone, so I have no way to text or, or call my answers, and I'm just going to sit back and listen. Okay, so I'm just setting up a score sheet for everybody. So, Tommy, if you want to explain right this, here. I will set up the score sheet. Uh, Mary so. and Marsha. Mar- uh, Marsha's here. Excuse hey, Marsha. Um, Janet Parmeter is trying to get on. She is on the other side and has raised her hand and she's trying to talk. Okay, hold on just a minute. I'm sorry. Thanks, Lynn. Oh, I see it. Okay, you can unmute. Can you I'm hear terrible. us now? I can it's see Janet you now. Janet and I am terribly sorry. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. I, I got scared, you know? <laughs> no, no, it was my fault. I apologize. Okay. Okay, so I've got Stephen Dia, Marsha, Bill, and then Cecily, Jennifer, and Jamaica, Marge, Janet, Monica. I have two Steves. I don't know why. Um, uh, and then Ty. I'm sorry. You can ignore one of them because uh, <clears throat> that's my computer upstairs. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, and your then, computer doesn't want to play? <laughs> Tyson, are you um, playing too or are you just helping us with the music? This is Rick. I'm doing the music, and uh, no, I'm just yeah, Tyson. Ty, yeah, Tyson's gonna play. Sure, uh, I'm not gonna play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna ask uh, Cecily. Do we need to unmute your mom on the other side? She has come to join me in my room on my computer. Gotcha. 
So how do I do this? Tommy's going to explain. So as far as I understand it, um, we have a list of questions and they're subdivided into four rounds. Four rounds. Four rounds, each with four questions and a bonus. And uh, actually, yeah, four questions and a bonus. And uh, we'll ask them, or really I'll ask them. And from what I believe we discussed, are we going to have a song in between each mm -hmm. song? We're going to have a song in between. In between each question. Yeah. Right. And so people can either email or text their answers in. Mm -hmm. And you can either send them at the end of each question or at the end of each round. It'll probably be easier to do it at the end of the round. Yeah. Just because there's so many people. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried for your phone. Um, it'll be fine. I know. It'll make sense. The, the, um, and we do have a song in between. We may cut the song short if the if everybody says they're yeah, ready for the next like, question. Yeah. So where do um, we where do we text it to? What number? My phone is seven seven zero five oh six p.m. Okay, we gotta write it down. Uh, it's in the program guide too. Like if you have your program for the day, my phone number and email are in that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or at seven seven zero six seven zero nine two. So that was seven seven zero six three nine. 7092. Or you can email them to Mary Woodyard, which is M A R Y M A R Y W W O O D Y A R D at Comcast.net. Is that Keith with you? Yes, Keith is with me. Uh -huh. Oh, cool. <laughs> hey, how are you? Marsha's calling. Marsha's calling? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Marsha. Marsha, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Okay, so there's four rounds, unless we run out of time, because I think we only have till five, and yeah. then the board meeting is here. Yeah. And each round has four questions and then a bonus question. And at the after the bonus question in each round, go ahead and send me your answers. And um, then either Rick or Tyson's going to play us some music. What we decided to do, because we were so close to the holidays, like we mm -hmm. were right after Halloween, but right before Thanksgiving. We decided to theme it after holidays. Woo! So we're going to have a Christmas and a Thanksgiving and Halloween. a Halloween question for every round. And then the rest are just random. We could have done New Year's, but hey. Um, so are you guys ready? Let me just ask one question. So is it a time that we have to send it right now or do we have time at the end to send you the email? Either or. Um, you can do it either way, but most people seem to like sending it at the end of the round. So okay. if you if you keep track of them, if you're emailing or texting and do one and then two and then three and then four and I'm then bonus change. and then send it. Could, could you please give out your phone number again just so I have it? Please. Sure. It's seven 
seven zero six three nine seven zero nine two six three nine seven zero nine two okay thank you and i may um since you guys are not all programmed in my phone when the first time you send them if you can tell me who you are that way i can tag you so that i'll know Okay. this is uh tyson I want to remind everyone listening um, to mute yourself, please, because you don't want to give out the answer. <laughs> oh, good job. That was a good. <laughs> you know, and just, also, it's we'll go over before. the answers at the end of each round. Yeah, we're not going to leave you in that much of fun. But Tyson, I believe it probably has answered before. As a matter of fact, it happened before I would do that. Or somebody could say a fake answer to divert. Or, or, or no, what you hear is, Alexa, what's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not supposed to use the internet but you know what we're not professionals mm. we don't want to know okay um okay so are you all ready well you can't answer well, because you're muted yeah. so. <laughs> um okay well um yeah. so if you need to talk to me unmute yourself okay yeah. um yeah. okay question one two sure all right so the first one is the topic is Halloween. And so I'm going to get into frame. Um, so what is, oh, thank you. Um, where does the term jack-o'-lantern originate from? And then, Rick, if you could play our first song while people posit that. I like that word, posit. Are we ranking our answers with point values or are we not doing that? Oh, you know what? My mind is still tired from that. Yes, you are ranking your answers with point yeah, values. Yeah, we both blanked on that. Oh. Okay, so there are four point values you can choose from, not for the bonus. We'll tell you how much it's mm -hmm. worth, but for the one, two, three, four questions, and they can be worth either two, two four, four, six, six or, or eight. eight. So depending on how confident you are with your answer, like if you really feel like you know that this is the answer, then you might want to give that one eight point. So is everybody clear on that or do we need to explain it again? We're not going to listen to the whole song. But it is kind of Halloween-y, you have to admit. It's the number one Halloween. Probably because it's like the only thing that's going to Like, of the Monster Mash, like, I don't know. Mary, explain the point Okay. Okay, there, um, there are four questions in each round. So, the first one is one out of four. And so if you feel really confident that you have the right answer for this, you would give it your highest point value, which is eight. If you're kind of guessing, um, you can give it a different point value. Um, because we know we're going to have Halloween, Christmas, and Thanksgiving, um, it's not that, I guess, like in some trivia games, like if you knew the world geography was one of your categories mm -hmm. and you weren't very good in geography, you would want to save your less values. But so if you feel strongly that you know the answer, then give it eight. If not, choose one of your others. And that way you can get more credit when you really know the answer. But you can only use each point value once per round. Per round. 
so you can't have more than one egg per per round. Thank you for dimming the music while we explained it. She did. I know, I did. Okay. Um, okay, are you guys ready to go on? Uh, okay. Yeah, um, well, no, they're going to send it at the end. Okay. okay. So, Rick, if we can end this song, we'll move on to our Thanksgiving oh, question. Thank you. So, um, who was the first president to pardon a turkey? So, the very first president to pardon a turkey. I'm going to ask what the next, um, I remember going to that museum before. Yeah, you did. My mom took it in. You were drinking grape juice, too. Yeah, the wineries. Did not pass out on grape juice. Well, no, on the, like, the dinners. It was just so long. I, I the time zone, time shift. You guys ready for the next question? Okay, Rick, if you, um, thank you. Okay, so we are moving on to Christmas. Yes. Uh, the movie, it's my mom's favorite movie. It is my favorite movie. The movie Miracle on 34th Street is based on a real-life department store. What is it? And by based on, we mean it was heavily featured in the movie. <laughs> on it with the music, it's good. Making <laughs> me get ready for Christmas. Christmas. Thank you. I've got to get into the Thanksgiving mode. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. Can I ask something about the points? I, I just put the answers. I don't know anything about points. Okay, so the way the points work is each round for the four questions, not for the bonus question, uh -huh. there are points that you can weight each question with. So you can choose either two four six or eight and you want to give an answer that you feel more certain about eight points so what happens oh, okay. is if you get that question right then uh -huh. you get eight points oh okay. if you were guessing and you only put two down you wouldn't get the two points but it's not as big a loss as if you you know what i'm saying okay so just it. depending on how certain you are on your answer is okay. how you weight your right and you can only use each weight once per round Okay, are we ready to move on to our general question? Too bad I like that song. <laughs> so, this is kind of like... Oh, we could have had it on just for you know why my ink ran out? Um, okay, so... Yeah, okay. So, the category is natural disasters. Did you do that because of my journal? No, okay. I didn't because of um, question. So, the question is, which natural... No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what it says. Question four, round oh. one, and then it cuts off, and there's no question. Oh, you know what? I think it ran out of ink. Okay, hold on. I can make this work. That's what I was doing. I was doing the natural disaster question. I'm just telling you that a page didn't print. That, that's that's, that's, a, you, you've that's got your own natural cool. disaster. 
<laughs> Hold on. I, I know I'm not joking, right? As I was printing this right before, my printer ran out of ink. So I just hit the, the natural mm -hmm. disaster yeah. question is missing. That's why. Yeah. And it is which. Oh, I know what it is. I replaced it. It's not natural disasters. Oh, okay. That's why I had okay. a natural disaster question there and I. You moved it. Yeah. I moved it, yeah. but I didn't I'm, move the tile. See, it said that. I can read. I promise you. Hey, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, Between it running out of ink and everything else. Well, you have a question. Well, no, you've got it. It's the next one. Would, oh, oh, okay. So it's oh, just not a natural so disaster So you just question. removed the heading. Okay. Right. Okay, I got you. So I guess this is current events. I guess we can make it current events. Yes. Very fun. Okay. So who was the keynote speaker in last night's banquet speech? In, in the GCD meeting, and what is his profession at the moment? Like, what's or, his title? I think it's or. Yeah, I made a disjunct in I know. Okay. It's or what is his profession because not everybody's good with names. But if you listen to the speech, you would know his profession. And although this way is stringing on Maybe I'm just going to make the music. Does anybody need more time? Or are we ready? Okay, let's um, move on to the bonus. The bonus. <laughs> okay. Um, in this bonus question, there are two answers. So you get five points for each answer. So if you get both, you get 10 points. If you only get one, you get the five, five points. If you get none, you, you get, get no points. Okay. And then okay. after the bonus, that's when you can either text or email me your answers before we move on to the next round. Okay. So the question is, uh, going with the theme of current events, I didn't plan to have these two correlate very well, but never mind. So in, the mo in this most recent election, so 2020, most states have delegate counts that go as a whole. The, okay, this is okay. So most states have a first past the post system where when 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 the party gets the uh, like the the most amount of delegates, all the delegates in that party go. So uh, two states break from this, and we're asking what are the two states that have a proportional representation system? So if there were four Demo four uh, four candidates running and three of them were Democrat and one of them were Republican. Instead of all the Democrats going, three were, it, it works in relation to how many there were in the first place. So which two states do the whole delegate count not go, depending on who won the state? Two states use a different system. You can tell Tommy's major was in the political science department based on your first best, whatever. First best, first. first, first. That's not what I meant. Hey, we're all looking for a guy. Hey, I'm getting answers. We're all seeking something more than right. It must be. I go to a hole. The delegates counts that go to a hole for the person who has no picture. Oh, I've got to actually see the answers. Oh, shoot. Okay. It's my fault. Because I couldn't find another one because of the fact that. 
I used technical not terminology, didn't I? I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> your bonus answer i did it's in the text okay at the bottom huh? oh. Oh. <laughs> i don't know what happened there is it there yeah, yeah. it's yeah, there it's i didn't there. see it the first time i'm not sure why maybe it, i needed to scroll down more mary uh-huh. i emailed mine okay thank you Well, I got him used to the Chinese. <laughs> He's still standing. Can we help you? Too? Um, yeah, yeah, you look at him on my ear. Let me mute myself. And you read him to me. Let me mute us. You guys there? Yes, we are here. It's just taking a while to score them because of the way an email. So what we're going to do is um, just move on to the next round. 
and we'll just play the music a little bit louder while I catch up with scoring. Um, but let me make sure that I have everyone's answers before we tell you what they are. Okay, doke. So I have Ty's, Ty and Steve, I have yours, and I have Janet's, and then I have Robin's, and I have Jennifer's, and Jerry's, and, um, Cecily? Yes. Yep. Well, I'm, just, yep. I'm we looking at emails yeah. right now. Yeah, yours is text. So. And I have Cecily's in text. Yep. Okay, just did anybody else text? Okay, so who have I not gotten answers from? Matthew. No, Mary. I'm trying to get Mary. It says Matthew Didn't. Mary. Okay. I don't know and Marge. Know. It's M A R Y. M-A-R-Y-W-O-O-D-Y, no, D is in dog. Yes, Y-A-R-D. At Comcast.net. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't have Jamaica study. Oh, wait, Jennifer. Jennifer and Jamaica are together. Oh, okay, well then, yeah. I don't have Marsha shit. So you didn't get one from Janet and Keith? I got, got one, one from, from Janet. Janet. Okay, that's it. Okay, oh. then, it, then it worked. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I got Phil's. No. We don't have Lynn's either. Mm -mm. So, Lynn, are you playing? No. Okay. <laughs> and then Phil, you're not playing either. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, are you gonna meet yourself? Or, oh, we're gonna move on to the next. Yeah, we're gonna move on to the next question, and I'll just let the music go a little longer while yeah, I yeah, catch yeah. up on the scoring. Yeah. Okay. So for um, so again, so to reiterate, all the point values are. Uh, I guess able to be Use deployed against and yeah. only one per round. Per round. And is John playing? You have your headphones on? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is John playing? No. Okay. I see John signed in, but I don't have any answers from him. So I'm just still trying to figure out who's okay. So round two, Halloween. Yep, yep. Um, first question is: What famous magician died on Halloween? A little morbid, but morbid. <laughs> a little morbid. Okay, so I'm going to mute myself again. So just speak up if you need, because we're still going to be scoring. Thank <laughs> you. 
Everybody ready? You know what? I realized we never went over the answers because I was so distracted. Well, we were doing them, so we didn't want to. I know, but that's okay. Yeah. If they're not in now, they're just not good. <laughs> okay. So, Cecily, so, you're muted. You're muted. Did you want me? I was talking to the other room. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no worries. No, we, we do that all the time in my own and my law practice. Oh, because you're all in class that way. <laughs> I keep forgetting you all are Zoom classing. Um, um, so the first question, uh, in the last round was where does the term jack-o'-lantern come from? Ooh. And, uh, what we have here is, and we researched it, is the term jack-o'-lantern originates from an Irish folktale. So for those of you that said in Ireland, Ireland it, counts, it. it counts, um, from an Irish folktale about a cheap man named Stingy Jack who made a deal with the devil. Stingy Jack. So that is where Halloween originated. No, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Okay, sorry. Um, so then this next question was, who was the first president to pardon a turkey? And that was uh, John F. Kennedy. I don't think anybody got that. Mm -mm. No. Um, the next one was the movie on Miracle on 34th Street. It's based on a real-life department store. So that was, most of you got this, most Macy's. Um, and that is my favorite movie. And you made her very happy when you got it right. Um, so then this next one regarding um, the keynote speaker and last night's banquet speech. Or, so we did a disjunct there so you can get points for either. Um, what is his profession? So we have, we didn't we get it from the website? Well, his, we his title? Oh, no, but his title, yeah. So uh, his name is Jeff Stump. And he's the assistant attorney general for Georgia. So even though some of you wrote lawyer, it still counts because it, we have a disjunct in there and you got Jeff Stump. So. And you know, something that's really cool about him that we didn't mention last night is that he had contacted Alice mm -hmm. prior to the start of the school term mm -hmm. and asked if there were any law students that yeah. needed mentoring. And that'd be me. And <laughs> so he had connected with Tommy before school started mm -hmm. to see, you know, offer to help him. So mm -hmm. I thought that and was he has, nice. And he's really, really nice. Really, really Very kind. Nice. Um, then this last question asked about the bonus, asked about which two states to part from. Uh, first pass the post and instead do proportional representation. And I know my mom just like, no, oh, when I did that. Um, and those two were um, Nebraska and Maine. So a couple of you got it. One, uh, yeah, so far yeah. a couple of you have gotten and a couple yeah. of you have got one of them. So. Mm -hmm. so, so we're moving on. Not Alaska. We're moving on to round two, question yep, two. Yep, yep, yep. So the second question. Oh, round hey, two. Mary. Three. Is yes. it too late to repeat question one? I just didn't hear it. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm very happy. I don't know why, sure. but I, yeah. I just didn't sure. hear it. I didn't realize what we were doing. I'm so sorry. No, I no, 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 no worries. Um, so the so uh, the first question in this round was is what famous magician died on Halloween? 
And then we'll give her a minute. I know. I know. Marsha, are you here? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm muted, but yeah, I got it. Thank you. All right, that's you're green. Welcome. That's green is beautiful, by the way, Marcia, with the butterflies. I love it. <laughs> it is. I agree. All right. Oh, she's muted. We can't hear. Oh. You ready? Okay, go ahead. Okay. okay. So for this next question, it is uh, it's presidential again and involves Thanksgiving. So which president tried to make Thanksgiving the third Thursday in November to help boost the economy for the holiday season? Nothing like spectacular about the day, just that it would help people. Yeah, just that it would give the country more money. Being a friend, travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. Christmas. The third question is involving Christmas. Uh, how many ghosts show up in a Christmas carol? That's a question. <laughs> Tree tops glisten 
hand raised oh okay janet yeah oh i maybe i did that by accident sorry that's okay did i take it happens a lot in class too did did i take it down hold on 32 (laughs) yes you did okay thank you okay the question four so, uh, here's the natural disaster yeah, question. Yeah, finally, at long last. I actually originally thought that she did this because there's an academic journal named Disasters that I bought. That it's I ha- what he wanted for Christmas last year. Yeah, so I, I have a full year subscription to it because I was part of the OEP or Office of Emergency Preparedness at UGA. So I just figured might as well know about disasters. Um, and it is what which natural disaster is measured with a Richter scale? Should be what? What natural disaster is measured with a Richter scale? Yeah, I should have been playing. I know that one. Oh, I did. convention today recent events um there you go so in the exhibitor showcase this morning 11 exhibitors presented their service services or products or both mm-hmm. but um name as many as you possibly can think of Only one actually was scheduled but didn't so you get double oh. points if you know which one didn't actually present
you to actually give me the names of the presenters, not how many there were. Like, Mary, will you uh -huh. repeat question, the bonus question one more time? I was sending you mine anyway, just quickly. I know it's about presenters. Name um, all the presenters that were in today's. Hold on. Okay, okay. This morning, we uh, had, I want to look at the actual name because we have multiple things going on. In the exhibitors showcase this morning, okay. we had 11 people present, but really only 10 did. There was one that didn't show up. So okay, you get two points for everybody that you can name, and you get okay. double points if you know which one didn't actually present. Okay, thank you. Steve and I are going to disqualify ourselves from that question. Even though I'm going to disqualify uh, because you well, I mean, there are bonuses to being the people that facilitate it. <laughs> okay. I put away my right. program right. to do it from memory. I put away, so I'm trying to remember them all. <laughs> I don't know, it's been there for a while. Everybody send in your answers. No? Yes? Uh, no, because we still have to do bonus. No, no, I'm just saying if they send oh, I'm sorry. in I'm so sorry. we can move I on. I can't or, answer that. <laughs> so how many emails? Uh, so it looks like we just have like one. one that one, that one, that one. So we have four. Although Colleen didn't exactly write, wait. I would ask her to do it again. I sent, I sent ours. I just replied back to our same original email. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, who, who is Colleen? Okay. Um, let's see. I have Jennifer. I have Colleen. I have Jerry, I have Robin. And Cecily, we Ty. have yours, we just haven't looked at it. And it looks like- Colleen is over in the attendees. I'm sorry, Colleen is where? Colleen is over in the attendees still, so you won't see her on the screen here. I just don't think she sent any answers for round one, so. 
I was. Uh, I was the only thing we have is round two, question four and six. Like it doesn't have anything like substantial on it. It doesn't actually have answers. It no. just says questions you, four and six. So. Do you want me to have her talk? Do you want to yeah, talk yeah. to her? Okay, sure. hold on. <laughs> yeah, anybody playing should be able to talk. Colleen, you can now unmute. There should be a dialog box in the middle of your screen that you need to either double tap on or click on of some sort. I hope spelling doesn't count. No, it does spelling not. does no, not count. No, no, I would be in a world of hurt if it did. Okay. <laughs> Um, hey, do we get extra credit if we remember the names of the people who did the that did them? No, because I don't know those. <laughs> well, I do. I can remember Ooh. every one of them, except the Learning Ally one. Because oh, I forgot the Learning Ally one. Yeah. Oh well. Everybody got a free two points. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, that one was like yeah. That's because I was calling them up looking for them. Ah, you were wrangling them. That's what I like. The one thing I know, the wrangling one. <laughs> well, it, I've given her the opportunity to unmute. Um, what? Yeah, I don't, we don't have any answers for her for the first round at all. Okay. They're actually not answers. They're, so. they're in your car. They're in your car. Mary, I'm going to jump off. Um, okay. I have to go to the board meeting. Yeah, you're going to okay. It was great out. having you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, thank so you, guys. Um, you did a great job. Oh, Colleen, you. If, if you can hear us, uh, what has been reported and what has been said is that there are no answers in round one. So, if you really, want, no answers in round two either. All well, it is is an email that says answers four and six. It just says four and six. Okay, so if you want to discuss this, please unmute yourself. I, I've given you the um, dialogue. Mm -hmm to unmute it should be in the middle of your screen okay well okay I, well let's move on then yeah. okay. and, um, yes who else needs to be in the board meeting like right at five marcia are you gonna okay so what we're gonna do is do one or two more questions yeah. while I try to total the last round and then we'll wrap up so that um, everybody can get to the board meeting. Everybody's doing okay. It's pretty well. Okay. So. Um, okay. Now well, I got unmuted. There you go. Okay. So what I did is I didn't answer any questions in round one actually, but then in round two, I put eight. And four, no, eight and six should have been my answer. The point values for eight and six. Right. For question three and question four. Well, did you send the answers with them? Um, I thought I did. Okay. I don't <laughs> think they came through. Okay. Cause yeah, I sent. So, cause do you do it at the very end in just an email or? Uh, yeah, but we're actually getting close to the end because we need to wrap up for the board okay. meeting. And okay. I still have to score a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So why That's don't totally we fine. why don't we move on? Where are we to in our questions? 
I know we're on round three, but I don't want to go over the answers yet until I make no. sure I have everybody's answers. No, right. So what question are we on? One or two? One. One. Okay. So let's go ahead and do one while we okay. finish scoring. Okay. So uh, the first question to round three is, which character in Charlie Brown believes in the Great Pumpkin? and then we're going to total and give you all the answers yeah, that we haven't given you. Okay, so. Okay, can I just do the topical one today? You can do it every okay. What state finally declared a winner in the presidential election in the 2020 presidential election today, pushing one candidate to victory? So what state gave this candidate This is, uh, this is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> Love to eat turkey. 
We never did the round yeah, we two answers. Yeah, we never did that. That actually was, <laughs> was going to be one of the questions that we decided. To, I decided to get it. Okay, so. So, for the first one here, what famous magician died on Halloween? Okay. We can keep going. Okay. Um, so. Uh, so what what famous magician died on Halloween and that was Harry Houdini so I think everybody got that I don't think anybody missed it yeah everybody got it um, and then in the very topical Thanksgiving um, which president tried to make Thanksgiving the third holiday in November to help boost the economy for the holiday season uh, this is FDR I actually did not know that because we're about to get to the okay. Um, okay. board meeting. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so how many ghosts show up in A Christmas Carol? Four, not three, four. Um, and includes Jacob Marley. And what natural disaster is measured with, within the Richter scale? That would be an earthquake. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the third round. Okay, hold on. One. Okay, okay, so I'm only scoring through for the third round. Go ahead and give the first two answers. Um, the character in Charlie Brown that believes in great pumpkin is Linus. And then uh gotta go down here. Uh the state that finally declared a winner in the 2020 presidential election was Pennsylvania. And, and for I saw some of you put your answers in, there were a lot of exclamation yeah. points. Okay, so the scores through the second round, because that's just the fairest way to do it right now. Um, Steve and Tia have 50, and Jennifer and Jamaica have 54, Woo. Cecily had 53, Robin has 38, and Jerry had 55. So Jerry, she's our winner, but she may have already left us for the board meeting. I don't know. But thank you, everyone. I'm sorry that it was a little bit um, different, but now we know how to do it. And thank you, Rick, for the music. Great, we appreciate great it. Great work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Next so time. much, Mary and Tommy. That was fun. Well, yay. Thank you. We have fun, too. This was more fun than the... Um, Do you ever feel like you passed the bank? Oh, yay. Wanting to start again. Do you ever feel... Okay. I'm probably bop over to the board. Like a house of cards. But I... Um, have enjoyed being with you guys all tonight. Thank you. 
Concludes the 2020 GCB convention, our first virtual convention, which we really hope that you thoroughly enjoyed. And we've said just about everything we can say about it, how good it was. And once again, I personally want to thank everybody who was involved in this. And it would take forever to mention everybody. And Besides, if I tried to do that, I'd leave somebody else. But um, just everybody took part in this, and everybody made a big, big difference in how well this convention went down. And I said it before, and I will say it again, that it takes hard work, dedication, teamwork, and that's all bounded together by love for the American Council of the Blind at every single level and the love that we have for each other. And so thank you so much for tuning in. And Marge, do you have any closing remarks? 